This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we ask, War, what is it good for? As we watch Spine 146 in the Criterion Collection, Mikhail Kalatazov's The Cranes Are Flying from 1957. But first, RJ, Mm. it's not really looking like Christmas, but it is. It's not. You know why it is Christmas? Because I think you uh, almost flawlessly pronounced that man's name. Uh, we could, ha- If we have any Russian listeners that could uh, verify that for us. But I think you did a good job. Yeah. I, I think you did a good job. Thanks, man. Thanks. You never say anything nice about it. Me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I got, I got to acknowledge something. Skype has just sent me six missed calls from Jared Duncan alerts. Yeah. Now that we are connected on the call Mm -hmm. i don't know why skype decides to do this shit like it doesn't register on my thing until like the eighth call and then i'm trying to listen to you and i can't hear anything you say because it's just do 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 (sighs) bullshit but you know what it doesn't look like christmas it's real nice out there's not a lot of snow and uh you know what i'll take it considering brown town what do you can't can't you handle your brown man you look like a man who can't handle his brown. What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll take it. Uh, and compared to the winter eternal that was all of last year, mm-hmm. the seven-month winter. Yeah, tune into last year's episodes to hear us whine about the weather then, too. But in I, the opposite way, where it's like, oh, God, it never stops. The winter, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I believe at this time, this very time a year ago, it was like minus 35 with like 18 feet of snow. Yeah, sounds legit. And you had to walk uphill 10 kilometers both ways, mm-hmm. uphill both ways to get to school. You definitely were freezing your balls off, that's for sure. But yeah, it's not very wintry. But hey, you know what? You can never go back home. It's never. It never feels like Christmas. Yeah. Because you're not a kid anymore and the magic is gone. Mm-hmm. Just that hollowness of a emptied present box. Do you feel that though? Do you like... Were you a Christmas kid? Did Christmas make you feel special? Oh, sure. Sure. But not anymore? Pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're a bad person to ask because you're a monster. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, uh, I'm a void. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what have you been filling your void with lately? <laughs> mm, well, I well, played a little bit of D&D last weekend as I talked oh, about last week. Oh, RJ. So much what? fun was had. Dice were rolled. Beast men were slayed. Tentacles were attacked. What? What kind of snacks do you have at these D&D events? Well, I supplied fruit snacks as a mid-game sugar boost to get people through uh, the halftime. You got to clarify, like Welch's fruit snacks, like little jellies or literal fruit? Uh, act- like, f- f- God, what? Fruit? Like a fruit platter? Come on. So fruit snacks? Yeah, fruit snacks. Would you have like gushers or fruit roll-ups or like uh, what? They were like Kirkland's fruit snacks. Organic fruit is what was on the packaging. These were uh-huh. given to me and I have like a big old bag in a Ziploc. And I was like, hey, I'm going to bring these and uh, disperse them. So you were giving out mana? Yeah, spiritual mana. Mmm. Mmm. What else was there? What other snacks were had? I don't know if anyone else had snacks. That sounds like the worst fucking party I've ever heard of. Well, so that the wrong kind of party. 
<laughs> well, you you know what would happen if I was invited to a party. What would I bring? Alcohol. And? Meat. And? Cats. There you go. I was going to say Arribas, the, uh, the quality party potato chip. You know, a lot of people shit on Arribas, but they are... I have no opinion premium. on Arribas. Actually, they're not potato. Tortilla chip. Tortilla. Sorry. Corn. They are the premium tortilla chip. Uh, they are way better than the Doritos, but people look down on it, on their ivory towers, shitting all over Arribas. It's unjustified, and I'm here to say that it has to come to an end. Do Do you remember, like, there was, like, always the, uh, the weird urban legend about Lay's potato chips and the fine print saying that it might cause anal leakage by eating them? <laughs> Uh, I don't know that over in legend, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear it now here in present day. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just remember that one for like people would say it, and I was like, where did you, that even come? From? Like, where is this from? To be fair, I think people have said that about this podcast. That this, well, I'm not going to deny it. Mm, you spend a couple hours with the creeps, and uh, there's some leaking. No, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, that that's what I've been doing. Uh, I had a good session on Sunday, picking up again two weeks, uh, and we'll continue on with the survivors of last mm. game. And uh, so, if they awesome died, do the people come back and they just have to sit there while everyone else plays? Are you? Do you actually want to know the answer? Yeah. Okay. So, what we did, RJ, is we ran what's called a funnel adventure. Uh, so what that means is that each mm. player has three zero level characters. They're all little peasants mm. and you run, so you have five people, so you have like what, 15 characters and they're all going through some crazy monster filled dungeon. Mm. And whoever comes out at the other end is the character they level up to level one and proceed having adventures mm. within a campaign or another subsequent module. Uh, so we did that. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I've been getting, doing all the prep work mm-hmm, and, uh, doing a lot of mm-hmm. photocopying and, uh, it's very exciting. It appeals mm-hmm. to my, uh, <laughs> accounting, uh, fetish and mm-hmm. using paper, getting paper clips out, <laughs> statistics, mm-hmm. <laughs> player handouts. This isn't at all what I wanted. <laughs> I regret it immediately and I'm putting an end to this. The fans don't want to hear this. <laughs> No more, no Duncan. More. Yep, I'm done. No more. Yep. Unless someone emails in and they say that they want to hear more of your nerdery, mm-hmm. the nerdaporium. Oh, over there. speaking of nerds, okay. So nerd <laughs> nerds don't make very good parents, RJ. Uh, no. But hey, you hot take here. A lot of people don't make good parents. Well, today I was going for mm-hmm. my my big old walk, and I'm walking around a lake. And mm-hmm. I come across this like male female parent unit with their little baby in a cart, and it's pretty windy out, and it's blowing right off that lake. And I'm looking at these these parents who are just like looking at each other's phones, and they're blabbering mm-hmm. on about like probably Pokemon Go or some shit. And mm-hmm. I see like their little kid who doesn't like really have a jacket on, nothing on her head or face. She's like looking off into the wind, getting blasted away. And I'm looking at her and she's looking at me mm. and she's got like tears running down her face. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? And I'm looking at them and they're just like, Pikachu. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, you fucking monsters. Look at your kid. The kid's miserable mm. and cold and sad. And you're just fucking on your phones. <laughs> well, Jared, it's not just nerds. Everybody sucks. It's true. 
many people are bad parents and routinely on a day-to-day basis I see stuff and I'm like you know what not not the way I would do it not my kids <laughs> time to pull the plug so hey I've been saying that for a long time yeah we should just reset yeah we should reset but uh well whatever uh, well people suck maybe we should uh look at some emails and maybe cheer ourselves up sure i'm fine with that we got two emails good ones we got a uh a long time listener i think and first time emailer first time long time yeah maybe Ooh, hit me because i don't i know this guy's name because he's on letterbox and you just uh mentioned him the other week sam sanchez Ooh, and he what's write, going on with old he, Sam? He, he writes in, hey guys, I guess it's a good time as any to write my first email since I got name dropped last episode regarding the Harry Potter naked makeout scene. Congrats, uh-huh, you guys true. are probably my fourth favorite, third counting only active Canadian film podcast. Though admittedly, wow. you'd be first or second as far as uh, who I wouldn't mind hanging out with, uh, having a drink with. So cheers to that. Well, I will, mm. t- I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with that. I yeah. mean, that's my... I mean, Jarrett won't drink, but uh, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, board. A couple topics to address. I guess the new Fantastic Beast movie has everyone in Harry Potter mode because my kids randomly asked to watch all the Harry Potter movies as well this past week, and mm. my 11-year-old plowed through them in about four days, so coincided with RJ's run-through. Also, glad to hear you guys enjoy the two Foreman movies. Would also recommend Black Peter, which is similar in tone to Loves of a Blonde and, and in my opinion, just as good. If you guys, probably Jarrett, are interested in Czech recommendations, I went on huge I went on huge Czech binge this September, Czech Timber, and Ooh. watched around 40 Czech films from the New Wave era after only having seen about three or four prior. That's quite a lot mm-hmm. on there worth watching that I think would be up Jarrett's alley, maybe RJ's too, but a lot aren't criterion, so RJ probably won't bother. Keep True. up the podcast, boys. Thanks. Uh, Sam Sanchez in California. P.S. John David Washington of Black Klansman fame is Denzel's son. I had no idea. Wow. You know what it is? <laughs> what? It's, that, it's that middle name in there. When anyone ever puts a middle name in there, it's to throw you off. Throw you off kilter a little bit. It's like Jarrett Francois Duncan. It's like, who? Who now? But I had no idea. It's nice to hear from Sam, though, as you said. Uh, I have seen him on the letterboxd for a long time so mm-hmm. that's cool uh i'm i'm curious to what these uh four other canadian podcasts that he listens to are yeah very curious but uh yeah i think that fantastic b stuff does have people in an uproar that's mm-hmm. not totally why we watched it because i just wanted to rewatch it but it was influenced by this new one well, it was mostly because the new one was getting shit panned so i was like hmm <laughs> well i think it well it just came out and it is indeed getting shit panned uh but yeah uh the chanel's also described that she says the harry potter movies feel very christmasy to her festive and she, and she feels the same yeah. way about the uh the lord of the rings movies too i also feel the same way you know why because they came out at the christmas season and, I think. And, and they all can, well, not Lord of the Rings, but all the Harry Potters do contain a Christmas scene. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But I also think I Am Legend is a very good Christmas movie. Other people would disagree. That came out at Christmas, so it reminds me of Christmas time. <laughs> and Jango, I think there's a and, Christmas and, and tree in it. Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, exactly. You don't think about uh, Django every Christmas? I remember the times I went to those movies on Christmas Day and some of the the, the types that are uh, Quentin Tarantino movies on Christmas Day, watching mm-hmm. 
we could save this for the Christmas episode. Uh, but uh, whoa, I whoa, use whoa, whoa. I too. Don't overplay your hand there. For closer to Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh, but I too also used to go to movies on Christmas, and uh, looking back, it's like that's kind of sad. Yeah. Should have just stayed home mm-hmm. with my family. But thanks for emailing in, Sam. Yes, always nice to hear from new people. That's right. And uh, one Frank Solano, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a regular uh, fixture here on the podcast, he writes in, my digital movie fuck up. So Uh-oh. I've accomplished my task. I've listened to every Criterion Creeps podcast episode available. Good. Holy crap. Uh, there are quite a few standout episodes for me, including RoboCop, The Passion mm-hmm. of Joan of Arc, The Last Temptation mm-hmm. of Christ, Do the Right Thing, The Rock, my Man Godfrey, and a few more. Definitely, Jared mm. is at his best when he rants at how fucked up the world is. Do the Right Thing is a prime example. And RJ is mm. at his best when he's shitting on these beloved criterions and making jokes that Jared mm. doesn't laugh at. I'm honestly very thankful thankful for what you guys do. I have watched and rewatched movies that you guys recommended. For example, I gave David Lynch a second chance, and now I'm even trying to watch Twin Peaks solely because you guys talked about it so much. Mm-hmm. I've also found new music to listen to. It's a nice touch playing music during the breaks before and after the Criterion review. People that think badly of this podcast can go fuck off. You guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being so committed to recording the show and spreading that sweet creep love. Concerning the slipping on the pizza story. I will answer each and every question that RJ asked. Mm, Good. Where where did it come from? I assume a student dropped it. It happened at the university. How Mm. did I not see it? Well, I wasn't expecting a pizza where my feet belong, and now I've learned the valuable lesson of expecting Mm. the unexpected. Mm -hmm. What kind of pizza? I'm not sure. It was face down. I believe it was a slice of that greasy artery-clogging pepperoni. Mm, Did I eat it? I might have had I not spread it across three feet of sidewalk with my foot. Now for the header, Mm -hmm. digital movies. I fucked up. For years, every time I bought a movie, for some reason, I would throw away the digital codes. I never thought Mm -hmm. I needed them. It was fucking stupid of me, and now I highly regret it. I've tried to reacquire digital copies, and let me tell you, it isn't cheap. I really wish Mm -hmm. I'd kept all those digital copies I threw away. Anyways, are you guys fans of the digital copy? Voodoo, Movies Anywhere, all that stuff? Last thing. I've decided I'll be watching six Wong Kar Wai films in preparation for In the Mood for Love. Holy shit. I own... (laughs) RJ will be watching one. Uh, I own four of the six films, and I'll have to watch the last two through total legal means. But it's going to happen. I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to make it look like I know what the hell I'm talking about on the show. (laughs) I don't know why he would. I never do. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Thanks again, guys. Sorry for another long email. Uh, well, thanks, Frank. Uh, thanks for the praise. It's nice to hear that. Uh, I, I too think I'm at my best when I'm angry and rant. It seems like it always makes people laugh at my, uh, breaks at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I too think people who don't like their show can fuck off. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. What were you going to say? Ah, uh, that's about it. Um, and RJ, yes, he, he definitely shits on some of them beloved criterions. And fuck those movies. And uh, nothing nothing brings me more pleasure than to no-sell RJ jokes. Well, a lot of the time it is because he doesn't think they're funny. Uh, you guys can't see his 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 face in those moments, but there's a lot of regret. It's method. A lot of guilt. It's method, man. And a lot of shame. A lot of shame. It's well, like going to the Chinese buffet. And then immediately mm-hmm. when you're done eating it, just the guilt and the shame... That was that was some the, that was some damn good Chinese buffet the other day. So we'll, shameful we'll get though. There. Yeah. We'll get there. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to get the full scoop on the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too bad you couldn't eat it, but uh, you know, I've been there, man. Sometimes you find stuff on the ground, and it's like I wish I could eat that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as far as uh, one car, why? I, I think we could should watch the uh, the trilogy of movies that mm-hmm. In the Mood for Love on uh, two weeks is going to be the middle part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I think that's a possibility. Depends how much time we have. Well, we have time. We are off, but that doesn't mean shit when it's the holiday season. Yeah, I got I got a, a expansive schedule for the next two weeks. Yeah, and I got mean, a lot of stuff going on. And I've got to keep getting caught up on these uh, 2018 flicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and as far as digital movies go, um, I don't know, man. I uh, I'm a I'm a physical copy kind of guy. I've never mm-hmm. really gotten into the digital. I haven't embraced it. Um, I do see, though, that uh, when people online are buying and selling digital codes, which I mm-hmm. never thought of as a thing. And I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a smart way to save some money off of buying stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've looked through some of my old ones, and I'm like, oh, there's the digital code. Oh, it expired a year or two ago. I should have done something about that, but I'm too lazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I uh, so- someone threw up the uh, digital code for Justice League, uh, yeah, whatever it was. I remember earlier this year, and that's how I watched it. And that was actually very legal. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's like I think the only film in my digital library. And I've given some codes out to other people where I'm like, hey, you want to watch this movie? Here you go. But yeah, I uh, I've never once cashed in a digital code because if I own the physical, I just. I would rather have that, but uh, this brings me a good idea. We should uh, sell and trade these digital digital codes for a hot profit, or, I mean, we could give them out to our fans, that, the, that the Patreons. That's a that's a, there you go. That's an we idea. You could throw it up on the Patreon pa- Patreons only, and then it could be first come first server, mm-hmm. or I don't know, just cycle through them. If anyone wants a digital code copy of uh, the Creeps from uh, Charles Band, I'd be happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah. So you you let me know. Yeah, that's right. Um, Bess, again, thanks for the email, Frank. Mm, yes. And we'll be talking to you soon. Ugh. I don't think I don't think he would have liked the way you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, he's listened to every episode. That's crazy. Doesn't mean he likes it. Yeah, that's true. I've I've been on every episode, and, and, and I don't like yeah. more than half I mean, of them. I know there's other people who have listened to every episode, but they've listened to them week to week, not in like couple months couple months yeah i don't uh, i wouldn't do it but no. that's commitment and i i uh, admire that mm-hmm. hey rj what what you been creeping on lately i watched a few things jer to uh go along with uh sam sanchez uh i watched fantastic beasts and where to find them the f- um, the first the first one yeah yeah, yeah i uh I, I don't want to see that other one in theaters um, I watched every Harry Potter movie in theaters except for Fantastic Beasts, and I don't feel like breaking that trend now, so I probably won't watch the second one either, hmm. especially since it was shit-panned. Um, but this was actually on Netflix, so Andrew and I were like, well, whatever. What the hell? We might as well watch it. I remember that when I we had watched it a couple years ago, and uh, I was pretty soft on it. I was like, eh, it's not great. Some magic stuff is cool. I like being back in that Harry Potter world, man. But uh, on the whole, I was like, whatever. Uh, and I mostly feel the same. Uh, this is kind of a cruddy movie. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in it that's like, 
it's kind of just like, why is this happening? Like, there's plot holes. There's things that get, like, presented and then, like, just follow, like, don't have any follow-up. Or there's, like, not even storylines, but characters get introduced and then they go away. And it's like, what? It was like, why is that in here? Uh, like, for example, John Voight is in this fucking thing for, like, a second. Like, not even kidding. He's in it for maybe five seconds. And then he's out of the movie completely. And it was like, why the fuck was John Voight in this? <laughs> and I can only imagine because, like, this new one that's getting shit panned, there's all this talk about, like, oh, don't worry. The third one will make it. It'll all make sense. Uh, all of these questions. <laughs> well, there's going to be five of these fucking things, Jarrett. Oh. Yes. So they're saying, like, in the third one, uh, we'll get answers to all these questions. And I feel like that's just, like, a really cheap backpedaling where they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> the Harry Potter people have turned on their beloved franchise. We need to uh, steer the ship right, I guess. Uh, I, I suspect a lot of it is because uh, J.K. Rowling is writing the screenplays. Um, don't get me wrong. I think she's a, a very good writer of novels. Uh, but I think I think, feel like novels and screenplays are different beasts <laughs> uh anyways um i don't know i i think like i like her writing but i she's better in a medium where she can have space to get her ideas out and then someone else who's more experienced can come in and like kind of hammer them down to those very like the crucial parts but there's a lot of shit in this movie like a lot of plot holes and a lot of things where you're like what you're like what is happening here and i don't I don't feel like it's supposed to be a movie that's hard to follow and it's not, but there's things that happen. You're like, why is this like a thing? Like Colin Farrell's character in general, like his storyline doesn't make any sense. It's like, why is he there? Why is he like under this disguise? Why didn't you just make it fucking Colin Farrell? Like, why did it matter? I I didn't even know Colin Farrell was in this. (laughs) Oh yes. Yes, he is. And then there's like, there's this like bait and switch with this one character. And I remember when this movie came out, the day it was released, Warner, like there was a press release about, hey, guess what? Johnny Depp is in this thing. And everyone was Ooh. like, what? But it was the it was the day it came out. And I was like, that's so fucking weird that they announced it the day it came out, because clearly it was a secret that they that nobody had caught wise to. Nobody had like knew about it. So it was like, why would you ruin your own surprise to the movie when you literally had like 10 hours to to go? <laughs> It didn't it, like it didn't make any sense to me. And watching this movie, it still doesn't make sense. It's like he doesn't need to be in this at all. There's no reason for him to exist in this thing. So it's very, very bizarre. Other than to like have some kind of cliffhanger, I guess. But that's not necessary either. Either. So there's a lot of shit in this movie that I, I, I'm not on board with. Uh, there's also uh, the thing that you love, uh, the justification of uh, the witch trials where people insinuate that witches are real and it was good that they killed all those people. Well, is that an actual element of the movie? Okay, like- so I'm, I'm not kidding. So you know your boy Ezra Miller from uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin and uh, The Flash from the Justice League? Right. So he's in this movie from uh, one of the precogs from Minority Report. He's her daughter, or he is her son. And uh, they lead a group called the New Salem uh, something something. But New Salem is the first two words. And their thing is like outing witches and wizards. They're like, they're like witches and uh, witches are real and magic is real and we must persecute them. And And they're like. So they're muggles, but like evangelical muggles. Yes. Yeah. But, like, it's really weird seeing it 
in this movie where the magic is real. So it's like, so are these people right? As you would say, it's like, are are the, they like insinuating that these people well, who are like, we got to stop it's magic? Kind of like though. Okay, I mean, the difference there, I suppose, is it's like in the X Men movies. There's always mm-hmm. like the the humans that are like, ah, mutants. That they're, they're going to ex- put us. They're going to cause our extinction. They're going to wipe us yeah. out. They're a danger. They got to be stopped. And it's kind of like it's also a witch hunt, but it's like there's an actual. Mm-hmm. It would develop, I suppose. So I guess my thing is that it's like. They're called New Salem, and the fact that the witches and wizards in this world have supposed to have allegedly existed forever, it's just like, oh, so, like, Salem was real then? Has has Salem been ever talked about in the Harry Potter uh, Never. Never. Mm. But that's also because, like, Harry okay. Potter exists in the UK, and this is, like, the first movie ever outside of the UK. Oh, wow. The, oh, this movie takes place in New York, and this is the first one that has non-British actors in it. Like... Colin Farrell. Oh, oh, but it's also stupid because it's a modern movie. Uh, it's like 1920, but it's a it mo- but, but it's also, but it's also a modern film. Yes. So it's very yeah. so it's very dumb and blockbustery. Yeah. 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 But anyways, I do not think you would like it. Um, <laughs> even like Andrea, she was a uh, like for the Harry Potter. She was on board where she would check her phone once in a while, but she was usually invested in the movies. And this one, halfway through, I could just tell she's like, I don't care. Yeah. And uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't care in this thing because it's like whatever. And then I don't know. There's like a bunch of like lore and mythology stuff that it's like if that was such a big thing, why wasn't it in anything else? Oh yeah, because you're going to it retroactively. Like I don't know, whatever. It's it's fine. Like there there are elements that I like about it, but uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. And I'm gonna be straight up with you. Eddie Redmayne is a weird fucking looking dude and he's a little unsettling <laughs> to look at in this movie. He's so like posh and like like making like forever duck face where he's like he's like kissy like kissy faces all the time. I don't know. I don't like looking at him. I don't know if anyone else does. But so when did you realize watching the movie that Eddie Redmayne was played by two different people? Shut up. <laughs> I'm not the only one to have thought that. Continue. And uh, you know what? Whatever. I stand by it. Continue. Stand by it. <laughs> Anyways, you want to hear about another big piece of shit? Yes, please. Uh, as per your demand, <clears throat> and it's been a while since I've updated the oh, God. Uh, movies I hate that Jared Duncan <laughs> made me watch. But uh, I have finally hey, added. No one, a- no one had a gun to your head, buddy. Uh, it was implied. It was implied. Uh, so uh, by your demand, I had to watch all the creatures were stirring <laughs> from David Ian McKendry and Rebecca McKendry. Mm. Uh, this is a fantastic piece of shit. <laughs> uh, mostly like I'm not even. Isn't it sometimes, bad? Isn't it just like not. It, like, oh. it is just it's just a bad movie. Like it, yeah. it honestly all of everything about it. It's like this is just kind of shitty where you're watching it and you're like, I get the idea. And that could be done well, but none of it is done well. Like none of like some of the shorts, it's like I think there was one or two. I was like, that's not a bad idea. The van one? Uh the van one, and then I did like the alien one, but I'm biased because I like aliens. No, like the legit like the only one that was like of note is the van one. And I I did like the van one or the van one's not bad and the alien one is not bad. But uh even there there, there's a lot of it, like a lot of stuff going on with them where it's like, eh. 
it's like it, you didn't need to do that. And then I don't know. It, again, it's just a lot of stuff. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you laying it out that way? How are you? Why are you making it this way? Why are Yeah. Why did you make it this way? I don't fully understand. Uh, and a lot of the things it's like maybe if there wasn't like six or seven shorts in this and you just tried to do like three, like do make make fewer, make them better and it'll be a better movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of stuff where I was just like, I was like, it's too much going on in this. And it's very obvious. Like the first one, the office party, uh, I thought that was a huge load of shit because it's like, all right, are you trying to do uh, black Christmas or are you trying to do saw? Clearly you're trying to do both and you're doing both of them bad. Yes. Where it's like, like, you, you know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's like elements of both of those. And that's what I was talking about yesterday, not even seeing this, where it's like people can be very knowledgeable in a certain area, but that doesn't translate to being good at it. So it's like you can tell that they both know a lot about horror movies and they wanted to like wear it on their sleeve and throw it in each each one of these shorts to ha- give it its own style and all all that fucking happy horse shit. But it honestly just comes off like it's like. Some of them, it's too much. Some of them, it's just like, I don't know how that got passed, like passed along the line where people are like, oh, yeah, this is a really good idea. Yeah, we should definitely do that as a short in this movie. Uh, like some of them are just really shitty. Like the one where it's the the Christmas Carol one with the guy, uh, that one fucking sucks where it's like it's like a seven minute short of this guy is like, oh, I am a good, it's like, I will love Christmas. And it mm. comes out of nowhere. And the things that happen to him aren't scary. It's evil rats, which I've mentioned before. I just fucking hate because it's stupid. I don't know. Every short in this, I was just like, I don't, it's like, I don't feel like this was a great idea. Maybe if they had narrowed it down a little bit and tried to make each one a little bit better. Even the wraparound, like the conclusion really? to that. There, it, it's like nothing it's like all right that why is this so this guy's a demon who has to feed why is he on the phone talking to someone about it like that doesn't really like why yeah i don't know so this movie is a huge pile of shit yeah and uh you're you made me watch it so there you go you're welcome you're, shut up uh, do you want me to talk about um, my Fallen Son movie right now, or should I save them all? Yeah, you, you, uh, you could uh, begin. Hit them like one, one through four. Hit yeah. it now. Hit it. Yeah, begin the hit. All right. So uh, I know everyone's all fucking hot and bothered about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. To which I say, who gives a shit? Die Hard's not that good. And if you talk about it like that, you're an asshole. Um, so I watched the other Christmas movie, <laughs> Lethal Weapon. Uh, <laughs> Starring my man, Mel Gibson. The, you, I see you found the high ground. I have taken the high ground. I have. Uh, well, if, that's, if that's the way they all want to play, hey, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. It has Christmas songs. It has Christmas trees. Because Shane has Black Christmas fart, fart, fart. Presents. Yeah, because of Shane Black. Um, it's been So I've seen all the Lethal Weapons, but it's been a long time. And I'm realizing now a lot of my viewing of these was like edited for TV. Where it's like, I don't think I missed a whole lot, but it was like TBS used to show these all the time and I would watch them. And then there's just things in this. It's like, oh, yeah, that is what's supposed to happen. Not like the truncated uh, edited version. Uh, So my main man, Mel, 
this is one of them big movies that made him a big star. Uh, Lethal Weapon's okay. Um, Mel Gibson and Danny Lover are really good together. And like Gary Busey and Tom Atkins, everyone in this is pretty good. Uh, the the worst part about this is just the, the script. Like, it's just kind of shitty. It's pretty, pretty um, bland movie. Yeah. A lot of the dialogue is like, uh, you you hear it and you're like, okay, that's a weird thing to do. And even it's like, yeah, I know this came out fucking like 30 years ago, 1987. But at the same time, it's like, mm, I've seen other movies from earlier than 1987 and they don't have that kind of shit in it. So... There's no real excuse for it in this one. Uh, I don't know. Um, some of the action is okay. A lot of it is like Mel Gibson doing like uh, pr- early days UFC, like Muay Thai boxing. Uh, he does a lot of like jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of leg moves where he kills like two people like with his legs where he twists them around. Yeah. And it was I think it was just to show like some close up close-ups of his abs and hey i'm all i'm on board for that i'm not saying that's a bad thing or yeah, anything like that's that that's about all i remember about lethal weapon at this point is the uh yeah. the front yard battle in the rain in the mud oh, it's pretty funny where they're like arresting gary Busey at yeah. the end mel gibson looks at him and he's like you want a shot at the title uh and then they that's what he says and then they start fighting and i was like oh, oh man oh so, boy oh yeah so uh yeah i think lethal weapon sucks like i actually genuinely yeah, think it's like a bad sense. i think it's just a bad movie um i haven't mm-hmm. like I'm not part of the the irony crowd that thinks this movie's awesome. Like I know there's a lot of people do. A lot of people love these movies. Uh, but uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters, Lethal Weapon Four. I'm really uh, excited to hear you uh, get to it. <laughs> well, okay, so I got it before. I gotta say, I I remember liking Lethal Weapon Two and Three, and I think that's mostly just because of Joe Pesci. Uh, is Lethal Weapon Four the one that has Jet Li in it? Uh, I think so. Maybe I can't three. remember. It's two, three or four. Three or four. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember. I liked. I remember liking two, and I remember. I think liking three, but I can't remember that now. Uh. Oh no. J- number four is with Jet Li. Yeah. Okay. It's Anyways, awful. doesn't matter. But uh, no, I think it's fine. Uh, I also don't think it is some great movie See. that needs to be like put up and some shiny but, light but so, i also don't think die hard is either so yeah pretty much and uh i mean count me in the same i put lethal weapon in uh rocky movies kind of in the same camp of movies where i'm just like eh, mm-hmm. yeah i well i disagree on that i actually like rocky quite a bit as a series we've never talked about those on pod uh i think the rocky movies are very good and hey Jared, that's a christmas movie too yeah. it's got a christmas scene in it <laughs> It means it's a Christmas movie. Am I uh, scaring people away with all this? Maybe. I hope so. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, Lethal Weapon's fine. It's got some. It's got some dumpy stuff in it for sure. It totally. I for sure. I remember watching it and just like I think my feeling on it was always like, who cares? (laughs) Like, yeah. I don't know. I. But I'm not. I don't. I don't like the bad boys movies. I don't like this. Mm. They're all just the same like shitty action cop movies that yep. you got to have something more than this. And like these main the mainstream versions of these are always just like ugh. I'd rather watch a PM Entertainment like chowder fest. Did you movie. say a BM P- Entertainment? PM. P- 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 if we started P- a company, P- it could be BMs. 
Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I think so. All right. So how do you want to approach this? Well, you tell you, you, you tell the tale. So here's the thing, Creeps fans. I have never been in Jared Duncan's house before. Any house. In any house ever. I've never been to the place where Jared Duncan lives in the many years that I've known him. Yep. And I know what you're saying. How could that be so? And it just is. This week marked a rare and historical event. Uh, I was inside the homestead of Mr. Jared Duncan. Not, and not the just new, inside Jared. Not just inside Jared, but the homestead as well. That's right. Uh, the new home of Mr. Jared Duncan. Uh, as you have heard, his tales of interest the last few months of uh, buying a home and new home ownership. I went to check this place out because, frankly, I wasn't sure if I was on board with it. I was going to maybe send you back to your old place. Mm -hmm. We would see. Uh, so I'm off right now. And uh, just by chance, Jarrett had a day off, too. So we made the most of it. We went to the Chinese buffet, uh, mm -hmm. 10 minutes out of town. That's right. Uh, it you, was you, you, good. Have to, you have to leave the city and go to like this tiny little town to get uh, good Chinese food. Mm -hmm. uh, it was good while it lasted. Yep. And as we alluded to earlier, as soon as the plates were done, uh, we both felt a good deal of shame and regret. Which we both verbalized. <laughs> yeah. And we looked at each other and we, I think the words were, let's get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. before anyone sees us. Man, there was a, there was a lot of flannel. Uh, there was a, there. a lot of flannel, a lot of jumpsuits, like a lot of uh, working overalls. So uh, you you know it's a good place when the working men go there on their their lunch break. Mm. You know it's to that family feed bag to yeah. get it all. Well, you, they're the most discerning of uh, diners. Quite true, quite true. So we uh, we hit that. We felt like shit. So then we went to Big J of D's house. Um, he showed me his his collection. I would call it. Uh, not things I would want to see or even talk about, uh, but I was I was made uh, I was made to take the tour of his trophies and his artifacts from all of his victims. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, interesting. Um, but I saw some cool stuff. I saw some movies. Uh, I saw some bookshelves with some books and some movies, and that was neat. <laughs> So, yeah, I made it into Jared's house. Uh, his cat, Warlock, didn't come out to say hi. Nope. That's fine with me. I, I don't like strangers either, so I can't get mad at him for that. Uh, and then we we did it right. We we broke in the new couch, uh, not the way you think. Uh, and then we and we broke in the new TV by watching, uh, one, a movie. We watched two, but the first was a movie by our boy, the man who brought us Night Beast, Don... Dollar, mm -hmm. the alien uh, extraordinaire. Yeah. So yeah, on my uh, brand new 4K Blu-ray player, on my mm -hmm. brand new 4K television, we busted out a VHS rip of this murky, uh, like whatever thing, the Galaxy Invader. Yes, we watched the Galaxy Invader, and uh, just a little taste for you. Here's the slogan uh, from. From the poster, not from Letterbox, from the poster. It came from a galaxy far, far away, an alien explorer. Its mission to play with his ball. <laughs> I mean, it's not totally wrong, but no. it's not it's not totally right either. Yeah. 
So we watch this movie by Don Doler. Uh, he specializes in this, uh, a la the alien factor and Night Beast, the guy who fucks you up. Uh, so Galaxy Invader is very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so an alien crash lands in like, what was it, like Nebraska or some Omaha? Ba- Baltimore. Baltimore. It's always Baltimore. Yeah, outside like rural Baltimore area. Uh, so you get this alien. He is, out of the three, the most unimpressive. Oh, uh, where so bad. <laughs> Night Beast has some personality and some, like, articulation in his face. And uh, Alien Factor has, like, very cool and unique designs for a couple of the aliens. Uh, Galaxy Invader is just kind of like a skull on a guy's head and then painted green. Yeah. And then it's like, give him some scales. Yeah. So you get this alien land, and uh, he's kind of out in the woods. He has a ball that glows and, like, a little ray gun that he uses sometimes. Uh, And then he's kind of just out there doing his thing. And then you're introduced to this family uh, led by the the patriarch of the family is a man not unlike Jared Duncan. Uh, He is an abusive drunk. Uh, He... He is a guy that you you don't want to root for, but based on the things that he does in the show. So it starts out where he's chasing his daughter into the woods because he wants to shoot her. Because uh, he was like verbally abusing her and then she he, threw some like, I don't know, water, water at him. And oh, it should be noted that his his style throughout the whole film, the, the it, t-shirt, yeah. yeah. This is, this is what I was getting at. So, like, you, you don't want to root for him because he, he's a little rash. He goes out into the woods to, like, shoot his daughter because she got mad at him. Uh, and then he finds out there's an alien. And then his his big idea is to, like, catch it and sell it. Uh, so you don't want to root for him. He's a bad guy. But then also, he's got pretty good style. So his, his wardrobe in this movie is, like, loose-fitting jeans with a shirt half tucked in, a, a white tee shirt, I believe, uh, but it also has a gigantic rip right in the middle, right across the chest. Like he right across the like, chest. Yeah, he like reached up his right hand and just like tore it across his chest and just like left the flap mm-hmm. there. And he sports this whole shirt the entire movie for the entire movie. Yeah. And uh, I think it's brave to D- be honest. Days pass in the story, but the shirt days remains. Hmm. Uh, I think it's brave, and uh, I think we could all be like him all, a little while, bit. All while doing this, like, terrible Jimmy Stewart impersonation. Oh, he do- He sounds just like Jimmy. Well, there's an alien in the woods. Well, wh- why'd you let him go, JJ? Well, well get his ball. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so he enlists a, tr- uh, like, a hunting group of hillbill- drunken hillbillies. Led by one Frank Custer. Frank Custer, a man who's doing his best impression of something else. Yeah. Uh, with I'll, I'll let Jarrett describe. Uh, <laughs> would he at the moment in the scene was what I think Jarrett said that was one of the single grossest things he's ever seen in cinema, <laughs> oh. which is which is no small. No. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll let you take it from there. So this this buddy here, he's got this like he mm-hmm. is um kind of an urban hunter type, oh, just boy. like again ill-fitting jeans that's actually the theme of this film is ill-fitting yeah. clothing and mm-hmm. uh like he's like i think he's got a belt sometimes sometimes not shirt tucked and he's just like mm-hmm. he just shows up but he's like smoking this like cigar or but it's like but sometimes it's in a hole like a holder and he's just yeah. chomping away and there's a bit where he's like finding about this like this big score <laughs> that jimmy stewart's brought to him and he's like oh hey uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna make a lot of money here <laughs> and then uh there's a bit where like they're 
addressing these things, and he like leans over. He takes his cigar out of his mouth, and out mm. just comes pouring just goo. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's just like, just shit just pouring out of his mouth, and then he continues talking like nothing just happened. It's like, mm-hmm. why is that in the movie? And it's like, oh, he's chewing. He's chewing while also smoking simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was his chaw just pouring out of his mouth. And like, there's no build up, there's no sound. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so it's so gross. It's like I laughed so hard at just how vile it was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty gross. And uh, I have done that before. Uh, I don't like chew though. It, I I could never do it. It always really made me sick. But uh, yeah, this like huge pile of spit and drool just droops out of this guy's mouth. It's quite disgusting. <laughs> uh, I recommend everyone uh, look just Google and uh, you or look up the YouTube of that. Oh, the one that um, was was gone. I think the old it was an old oh, link. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty vile. Uh, but it's fun to watch. So you got that going for you. And then uh, we forgot to mention Jared's favorite character in this movie, um, quasi rape man, the professor. Who is interested oh, in uh, Nam- Nambula healings. man? Yeah, this guy is so uncomfortable to watch. Um, he's like he enlists the help of this young boy, and everything he says, it's like <laughs> if so this was a different creepy. movie, that line could be taken like in so many ways. Where he's like, the kid's like, boy, it sure is sweaty out in these woods, and the the man will be like, yeah, it is sweaty, Bill. Maybe you and me should stop for the day and. You know, put up a tent and find, yeah, put up a tent. Find, find some resources and just see where things go. You know, yeah. it's like maybe we'll go have a drink at the bar, mm-hmm. and like everything he says, it's like, ugh, well, like where is this gonna go? <laughs> well, it's also it's like uh, how's it go? He's like, oh, because you, you go to meet together to go investigate some UFOs in the woods. He's like, oh, have you told anyone else about this, Billy? Hmm. Anyone that you're out here? Does anyone else know you're here? Okay. Well, let's let's go take a look. It's like, oh, those are some. I mean, if this is a different kind of movie, you'd be like, oh shit, Billy's going to get it. Mm -hmm. And uh, but no, no, it's just this guy doesn't know how to talk like a normal human being and uh, doesn't realize, hey, this reads odd. I got to say, too, it's not just Jarrett because I know Jarrett's like dirty and he thinks that in movies, but I'm a wholesome, sweet boy. And even I was uncomfortable by this guy. It's like, yeah, this is super suggestive of this guy being like, hey, let's go out to the woods. We'll go. uh, Oh, by the way, did you tell anyone that uh, you were out here? Oh, oh, you didn't. Okay, how far away? Miles, you say. Miles. All right. Uh, Leave your leave your uh, your equipment and your phones and stuff. Uh, I got it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Miles, you say. Uh, so, Galaxy Invader uh, of the three <laughs> Don Dollars, it is definitely the bottom of the bucket so far. But yeah. uh, I still got a lot of love for this guy because um, he's doing probably what I, I wish I was doing: making alien films in the the back country of Baltimore. And now he's dead, but that's okay. now, well, he uh, was doing. Yeah, you know, Lord's work, etc. You, you know. So uh, yeah, I like uh, I like this Don Doler. I think he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. So that was Galaxy Invader. Is there anything you would like to add? Uh, no, that you covered it. Uh, it's, it's a skippable affair. Just watch Night Beast. It's rad yep. as fuck because it's just like nonstop killing. This is Night, like yeah. this this Invader, this Galaxy Invader. He's like, oh poor guy. He's like, you know, jumping in the way of like gunfire and stuff like that to save people. Yep. And you're just like, I, I don't care about this. 
Yeah, just watch Night Beast, and if you dig it, then Alien Factor as well. I was definitely. I think we were definitely into this movie for the first half, and then there and came then up there, drifted. and then it drifted. And it's like, hey, RJ, let's take a look at some of these books on my bookshelf instead. And mm-hmm. uh, then the movie kept going. So that, I did enjoy that. Yeah. See, that's the uh, that's what ha- that's what happens sometimes with these types of movies, and you just kind of like yep. that's like it's the equivalent of going onto your uh, phone. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want to uh, helm the next feature oh. that we uh, we watched, or helm it like a bus, like an RV? Ooh, get behind the helm, maybe. <clears throat> so it's up to you. So the morning we hung out, uh, I messaged RJ saying, "Hey, what should we watch? You got any picks for us?" And then uh, I think I was like, "Huh, I'm gonna go on RJ's Letterbox watch list, and let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's see if there's any commonalities between our uh, our goals here in movies." And I'm skimming along, and right away I was like, "Oh." I know what we're watching. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this film that I've seen via Letterboxd. It seems to be like all the craze like a year or so ago. Everybody was suddenly watching this and like giving it like five-star reviews and just like mm. be, being, um, you know, overhyping, just being, oh, man, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe this exists. This is so good. And uh, this film is called uh, Ernest Borgnine on the Bus. Yes, uh, that is what that, it's called. That is a statement of fact. That is what this is. But but what it is is this is a this is on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a rip of a VHS tape called Ernest Borgnine on the Bus, and it is about Ernest Borgnine using his celebrity to promote <laughs> the RV lifestyle. And it is just literally like Ernest Borgnine, who if you know who that is, uh, and everyone, mm-hmm. I think, well, everyone in this film, a, 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 we assume knows who he is. Not just like, hey, it's some grandpa guy. Because he basically is everybody's grandpa, everyone's favorite grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he just says hi to everybody. He's just like always laughing and so cheerful. <laughs> and he has inspirational words. He's on this road trip uh, with his son. Who, who's a guy named Chris and they're, mm-hmm. they're just like talking about the way of the road and like living life and camping out and like how to, you know, get rid of your gray water and your black water. How to empty your, yeah. yeah empty the septic tank yeah. of the, uh, the RV bus. Yeah. About yeah proper maintenance and how it'll treat you well and like getting mm-hmm. to know people stopping by the beer factory, stopping at convenience stores, looking for the Dairy Queen, asking people where the Dairy Queen is, <laughs> eating the, like the nastiest dip cone handed to this dude with his bare fingers and like chocolate running down the side of the cone onto his fingers and you go, here you go. <laughs> and uh, Borgnine's like, oh, I, okay. He's like, kind of like, that's kind of gross. Because, <laughs> but he like fucking sucks that thing down. Like, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, he don't care. He's a man of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some remin. It, so this is all all directed by the guy who uh, also shot the heavy metal parking lot uh, cult film. If you've ever seen that, I don't know if you have. No, it's just why like, would I have seen that? I know, but I know you you don't you're not plugged in. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's like this is another one of those things that this guy did at some point, Jeff Chronic or something like that. Chronic. Yeah, Chronic. That's the ticket. Um, mm-hmm. so Borgnine, Borgnines, uh, he's super charming. Mm-hmm. There's some like hilarious things, uh, but there's a lot of not hilarious things. This could have been like 20 minutes long. In fact, mm-hmm. it, what this really needed was probably John Lurie, um, and become an episode of like fishing with John because mm-hmm. holy crap, fishing with John f- starring Ernest Borgnine would be, uh, amazing. And, amazing. And it's too bad. It can never happen now, but why not? Um, c- Cause, uh, Borgie's dead. Oh, right. That's what we're telling people. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. We can never do that. Yeah. 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 Wink. 
but yeah, I don't know. This is like, how do you rate this type of thing? You just like, I don't think you can. It's an experience. It's 50 minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it could be, you take some of the montages and like, str- like these anecdotes from like trailer people. <laughs> and, and there's oh like, there's like one, there's like an interview with a woman who sells trailers. And you're like, mm-hmm. is this like a commercial video that they got Borgnine a part of? And it's like, nope. No, he wanted to do this himself because you never like get another sales pitch aimed at you again. Other than mm-hmm. talking about like it's just living the land, you know, getting out there, meeting people, in <laughs> his laugh, his infectious laugh. Yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think of this? What did you make of it? Uh, the Adventures of Ernest Borgnine on the Sun Bum, his uh, luxury bus. Uh, I was quite impressed with this thing. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, it's like you said, he he's just a super charming old man. And I thought some of my favorite parts were him kind of just him just shooting the shit riffing uh, riffing. Whereas like he would he would bring the camera crew on the bus and he'd be like, take a look at this. Those uh, stairs up the bus, they're made out of marble. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty. He's like, how do you like that? (laughs) And he, he would always just be he would point something out. He would go, how do you like that? And then he would go. (laughs) Uh, And you could tell that like in. For him, he's just genuinely having fun. He's like, yeah. He's like, I love riding the bus. Um, and then you you get to see him do stuff like go to a shoe factory where he's clearly been there before. And they're like, hey, Ernest. And he he's like, hey, how have you been since I was last here? And they're like, still working in the shoe factory. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, God bless you. Salt of the earth people right here. Uh, yeah, him looking for the Dairy Queen. I think we both uh, erupted in laughter. Where you're watching his like huge pot bellied oh, like, walk so... around, and then he, like he passes a group of biker kids, and he's like, "Hey, do you know where the Dairy Queen is?" <laughs> and we're just like, we're watching. And you're like, "What is this fucking?" It's movie? like such like quick cuts too. <laughs> it's just so to the point. Oh, and then there's like uh, he goes to like some like I don't know, like kind of like the bar storefront mm-hmm. for like a for the beer whatever the mills miller factory. Mill, miller factory and then like he has some beers and then like he's like playing drunk out front he's like ah, i'm just playing no i'm not <laughs> and then and then like, he gets on the bus to drive away yeah very responsible uh, yeah that was a lot of fun um i liked uh so you do get a good view of the trailer people and it's so remnant of trailer park boys the other canadian delicacy other than our podcast uh but everyone's got these like water jugs and it just reminded me of the dirty piss jugs yeah. that uh they carry around in trailer park boys and you're like wow people are like that i guess yeah but yeah his whole thing yeah, is every, just like every, I everyone's love got milk jugs <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird for it to be in this thing because he's i think in in the span of the movie you see him cross like four states maybe four or five states uh, yeah, I can't. I, Some, I, I lost track of two. his lo- sense. The sense of location. It's like it's the Midwest, <laughs> the prairies. It's like everything looks the same. There is a, a candid moment where Ernest Borgnine's talking about like ditches. He's like, "Yeah, you know why there's tires in the ditches? It's a pretty good story." And then his son's like, "Hey, you know what else is a good story?" He's like, "We miss. We're going the wrong way." And he's like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" He's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about, son?" And then it's like it's like a two minute scene of them like, are we going the right way? And then they stop and look at the map. They're like, oh, we should turn around. It's like, why is this in here? Why does why does any of this exist? It's very bizarre. But uh, I am glad I watched it. I can't recommend it to anyone, but yeah, uh, I'm happy I watched it. Yeah, it's good. It's good YouTube fodder. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but, uh, it, oh, one other thing is it's funny watching this and then you see some, like, you get some music samples from, like, The Who and, like, Cat Stevens and you're like, how much did they oh, pay yeah. to get this mu- music in this movie? Because I don't think it was worth it. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Good good times with uh, our, our close personal friend, Ernest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, weird, weird stuff. You know, whenever I hear Ernest Borgnine's name, for some reason, I just think of Seven of Nine. Seven of Nine? Borgnine? Yeah, from DS9. I don't know. Voyager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a nerd. I am a but, nerd. Uh, I just think of that Simpsons episode. Yeah. Which is quite good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then quite he, good. And then he dies. In the episode or in real life? Both, sadly. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Hey RJ, I watched some movies. What kind? New movies. Good ones? Some, yes. Ooh, cool. So, uh, to start off, I watched Support the Girls. RJ, have you seen or been familiar with this movie at all? First time hearing about it. Okay. So, uh, this movie's got a really weird cover that makes it look like Coyote Ugly. That or coyote, the coyote, ugly. Coyote, 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 ugly, you back home boy, coyote, ugly, <laughs> the coyote. Um, like yeah, in a Don Dollar movie. Did, did, you, did you ever see a coyote, ugly RJ? I've seen, I've seen parts of coyote, ugly parts. Yeah, yeah. Sure, who hasn't? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, okay. But um, yeah. Then you watch this, the trailer for Support the Girls, and you're like, oh, it's some like wacky shitty comedy but in fact it's actually this like more of an alexander Payne type of affair uh it's from the Mm -hmm. director of that computer chess movie from a few years ago that i'm sure you watched lots the bobby fisher one (laughs) yeah computer chess um no so support the girls it's a kind of a dire affair about working class women trying to eke out an existence in the world Mm -hmm. of uh horrible men uh yep Basically, it's it's about a like Hooters type of establishment. The manager, a, a Hooters. Oh, okay. Yeah, a uh, tilted. I've never kilt. been there. You'll have to tell me about it. Tilted kilt. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you'll have to inform me about well, it. Well, it's about uh, restaurants that mm-hmm. uh, employ attractive ladies, and they exploit mm. their assets to make you buy more food and drink from them. Their what? Their assets. Their, oh, okay. Their, their, their breasts and their buttocks and their pretty faces and flat stomachs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Long legs. That's what they're all about. That's what this is about. And uh, so this is a story about, like, what it would be like to work at one of those places and uh, how it captures the sadness of uh, <laughs> both the people who work there and the types of people who eat there. Uh, this is a very good movie. Um, I've seen it actually making a lot mm. of best of lists. Um, so it is at a Hooters. It's uh, they have a. It's called Double Whammies in this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a. Okay. It's set in Texas. Um, but yeah. Okay, keep going. It's a day in the life kind of story. Uh, sure. Of the certain Regina Hill, something like that. Regina. Yeah, Regina, Regina. Like the real Regina. No. Oh, okay. I don't know. Not sure. Um, she's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. all the performances in this are pretty good. 
yeah, it's there's moments where it's like pretty like stressful watching uh, because mm. if you ever worked in customer service or had weird interactions with people, this movie has those details nailed down well. Um, I don't know if it sticks to the landing necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think like for the most part, all the whole of this movie is like very well done, very well acted, uh, well written. Uh, I can see the why it's getting a lot of accolades thrown its way. Will mm-hmm. it will it matter at the end of the day? Who knows? Uh, the movie poster and trailer do not do it any favors, and mm-hmm. uh, which is it's so weird. But they always do this, like, hey, let's throw shitty comedy stuff at this, and people want to go see it. Like, I don't know if that, yeah. that doesn't help movies at all. But I watched that, and that was good. Um, I I actually t- tested out my 4K TV and player, <gasps> and I watched Halloween. The the new Blumhouse movie? No, I watched the the classic Carpenter film. Oh, um, Halloween two. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That that movie, written and produced by John Carpenter, not directed nice. by. Yeah. No, I watched that Halloween with. Jane, oh, okay. With the, yeah, and uh, I so it's interesting what 4K does to films. So Halloween hmm. is a movie that I have seen on VHS, on DVD, on Blu-ray. And now 4K. And every single time, I get a little bit more information. Uh, there's like certain things where when you're watching this movie, you're like, holy crap, you really can see that pumpkin. <laughs> like that, I don't know if it, the, the iconic opening shot of Halloween of like the slow zoom in on the pumpkin. They you, should put that on the cover. Holy crap, you can really see that pumpkin. Yeah. You can see like the, like it's got like weird little, uh, the imperfections that pumpkins actually have that like mm-hmm. on, in lower res, they just looks like a perfectly smooth pumpkin that doesn't exist in real life. But it's like, no, they found a real pumpkin and carved right into it. It's got like black mm. marks and it's uneven and lumpy and stuff. And you're like, wow, I've never noticed that before. It looks so clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, as you get into the movie, you see that this is like an early film for everyone involved. Like it is an independent movie. There's times where like, the, this is Dean Kundi, everyone's favorite, uh, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. This is an mm-hmm. early Dean Kundi film where it's like, oh, there's times where it's like the focus isn't quite nailed or like, this is like not the, quite the right lens you'd shoot with now. Um, so you're like watching a movie that's like, oh yeah, this is an independent movie. So I don't know. It's kind of weird because it's like that kind of detracts from the movie in some ways because now you're really aware of the production of it. But I feel like Mm. Halloween is just one of those types of movies, though, that's like kind of it's beyond like criticism. It gets the movie that like kind of began slasher films officially. People would say Black Christmas did, but I think Mm. more people would point to Halloween as like that big iconic film. It's like Star Wars for horror films. I mean, I probably would. But uh, yeah, so I mean, watching it like – Donald Pleasance is just like the, so bizarre in this movie. Um, there's like times where you can definitely see like some of the acting is like really like just not great. Um, and yeah, it's like it's kind of like it's got a weird vibe to it. It doesn't if it, it feel it feels differently uh, than I remember the movie felt when I would watch it like many times. What do you ago. mean? Go like there's just like the the settings ups of it, like the use of music in particular. I don't know, mm-hmm. man. They 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 uh rely on that carpenter score a lot and it's like almost cartoonish and mm. I, I don't know if it's like the master that they use for it because like they're probably using like some like ridiculous like 5.1 dts surround sound score for a movie that probably should be watched in mono with like a kind of a mm. more subdued soundscape rather than this like big booming so when that music comes in because it's like every time michael's like kind of around frame it comes in and it's a little too loud and you're kind of like what the fuck? It's like, that's so like, 
heavy handed. And like, there's things in this movie that like are like when he gets stabbed in the neck with the like knitting needles and he just drops hard. It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of hilarious. And I'm like, this is like hereditary. <laughs> like I'm wondering, I'm like, Oh, maybe, uh, Ari Aster really, uh, was onto something. Maybe he really studied his <laughs> Halloween and was like, yeah, this, these movies are ridiculous. This is like play up that like nothing. There's no such thing as scary. So I'm not even going to try to do that. I'm just going to be yeah. stupid. So I don't know. It was an interesting experience watching it, but then there's that stuff that Halloween does. That's like so good. Um, particularly, uh, I think in my review, uh, I mentioned, like that, fo- like when Jamie Lee's like found the dead bodies in the house, and she goes running back to the house that she's looking at, looking uh, after Tommy, and Michael's just like making his way toward her, and she keeps like banging on the door, telling Tommy to let her in because she lo- left her keys inside, and Michael's just slowly mm-hmm. making his like he's not even slowly, he's just making his way across the yard and across the street, and they keep cutting back and forth, and it's just like the natural like the feeling of time and space is exactly right. It's not like it's cheating in any way. It's just like oh no, he's getting closer. When they cut away, he's the exact distance that he would have traveled mm-hmm. in between the cuts. It's really smart, uh, and it's like really tense because you're just like oh yeah, if he gets his hands on her, he's going to like just fucking like tear her head off. Like he is, we've seen him just murder people without uh, any regard. So yeah, that stuff all works really really well still. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know what, what else can be said about Halloween. It's just kind of an un- unimpeachable movie. So it's interesting. What did you think of the Skype scene? Uh, well, uh, I'll let you know when I get to that scene. It must take like 25, 30, 40 years to get to those moments. So no, it's in the original. Okay. It's one of those deleted scenes that you see in 4K. Well, I think it's the it's the second movie intro that's got the computer, or that was the three. I think Skype. See, see, no, the computer, the computer pumpkin. I think it's three. Oh. That's awesome. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen uh, one to three. Okay. Fair I, I don't know. Well, that's uh, it's good to know that the TVs work still. TVs work. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Upgrade, RJ. Oh, was that any good? That looks uh, like a cool show. I, I like that upgrade. <laughs> Ooh, hot praise. Uh, yeah. So, look at so uh, this is a Blumhouse film. Oh yes, it is. Well, distributed by them. I don't know. Uh, it's Lay One L directed the man who brought us who also directed Insidious Three and co-creator of Ooh. the Saw franchise. Ooh. Um. So this film, I don't know. What do you know about this thing? It's kind of like uh, he becomes a cyborg killing machine. Yeah, and, uh, pretty the, much. It, like the AI takes over. Yeah, pretty much. Well, okay. so so what the number is is it's about it's it's uh, Logan Marshall Green, the that guy who looks like a lot of other actors. You, Bo you mean, you, Tom, Tom Hardy. Y- yep, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the go-to. Uh, yep. But anyway, so yeah, there's times where you're like, oh, it's like it is definitely just Tom Hardy, like right. This is like yeah. Tom Hardy's actually in some of these scenes. They just you just wouldn't know it. As the stunt double, yeah, Louis Benwell style. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, he's a he's a working class guy. He works on cars. He's got a beautiful girlfriend who's like works in some sort of tech company or some shit, and uh, they're in love. And uh, but he's also like working on a car for like an eccentric billionaire. He's kind of like light in Death Note. Um, or L, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so he's an aloof billionaire who makes clouds, and he's also working on this thing called STEM. It's a supercomputer. Um, a supercomputer? Supercomputer. And, uh, oh, and then one thing leads to another. Their uh, high-tech car they're driving, it gets hacked and driven off the road, and some mercenary types show up, kill his mm-hmm. wife, 
shoot him but only sever his spine and now he's a quadriplegic and there's nothing that can be done there's no leads in the case but then eccentric billionaire says i'm going to put this microchip (laughs) on your spine and then you will be able to walk again why not? And and you're like, oh, okay. And that is literally what they do, RJ. They perform hmm. surgery on his neck, and they just, like, pop this chip right onto his spine. <laughs> That's Seems it. Seems okay by me. Yeah. And so now, he, and then, like, within seconds, like, no build. He's just like, I can move my hands now. <laughs> and uh, I've, I'm, and whatever. So now he's okay to walk. But he's like, you can't tell anybody. You have to keep it a secret. So mm-hmm. he has to pretend to be quadriplegic on the outside, but on the inside he can walk around. But then uh, the the STEM thing starts talking to him, and it starts feeling like a pilot for a TV show, like a $6 million man mm. uh, relaunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. I, I like that type of crap. And this would mm-hmm. be like, this would be the overlong pilot. And, uh, yeah, so, sh- of course, the twist is that he can, like, hand over his – uh, body to stems use and he becomes mm-hmm. like an un, like ultimate killing machine so he uses himself as a engine of revenge to find out who killed his wife and dispatch those who did him wrong robocop and then this yep exactly it is a uh, cheapo robocop uh mm-hmm. there's the the violence in this movie rj is very nice Ooh. uh there's some good uh, kitchen knife action involving people's heads being flipped open like Pez dispensers and it's on full display there's no like creative cutting around uh, as Craig Zoller style not like is not like is like uh, visceral yeah yeah it's not as visceral where you'd like oh god this is more like you laugh out loud because it's like mm-hmm. so it's so re- like super it's, gore so it's kind of like robocop but it's never yeah. but it's not as good as robocop violence because there is I some uh, there's, a li- there's a little bit of cgi uh blood and i'm like mm, this could use a, this could be using some squibs if we're going to go this way mm-hmm. um but yeah and then it gets to the obvious sort of twists and you're like yeah i kind of figured uh, but I thought this movie was very enjoyable. A great Saturday matinee viewing. I would have enjoyed seeing this in theater with an with an audience because uh, you could chuckle yeah. along with the ridiculousness of it. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought this was okay. Uh, was the twist that the evil guy was doing this to lots of people and he's making an army? And but then also it's like the computers are like, we don't want to work for the evil guy. You'll have to watch and find out, RJ. Fuck you, Jarrett. Yeah, you've got, you've got to pay a price of admission to. Right Where, train. Where's your digital copy? Uh, it's right over here. It's here, right over here. Where's yeah. your digital code that you can send me so I can legally watch this? Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's a totally legal code. Oh yeah, there it is. Perfect. Totally legal. Great. Outstanding. Nice. Um. So after that, I watched uh, a film called Lizzie. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, I didn't even know about this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. until some lists have popped up, and this name, this movie was mentioned. How no one had seen it, and it's supposed to be a really great movie. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's about the Lizzie Borden case from like whatever 1842. Uh, it's got an all-star cast, kinda. It's got that Chloe Savini. It's got that Kristen Stewart. Uh, and it just—it's kind of like I don't know. It's got to be one. It's the first movie I've ever seen about Lizzie Borden. Um, my entire like knowledge base of Lizzie Borden honestly extends to The Simpsons. Uh, oh, with when, Martin. When Martin dresses as Lizzie Borden. Uh, wet dirty noodle. wax to <laughs> yeah yeah I'll let you finish yeah yeah that you you know it you got it dirty wax to wet noodle Bart is that is that yeah. the one and then there's like one like uh there's the jury uh I think for of the damned yeah and Lizzie Borden's one of them <laughs> but that's about all I knew and like just the broad strokes that oh axe murdered her parents 
And mm-hmm. uh, but yes, yeah, so this movie goes into it a little bit more. Uh, it's a movie that was in need of a probably a better screenplay, like because the actors are great. Like, their actors are good. The, the, mm-hmm. It's well shot. It's well paced and stuff like that. But the material itself, I don't know. It, it felt like kind of an underdeveloped HBO movie at the end of the day, which isn't I, a bad thing. I kind H- of understand H- what you H- mean. H- HBO would, would still make, does make good movies, but uh, it's, I'd say it's above a Netflix movie, <laughs> but uh, mm. uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, you'd have to be interested in the subject matter to get anything out of it. It's got some good visuals um, that like, I'm like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Hello, Chloe. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. But uh, I can kind of see how this has fallen through the cracks. And maybe like 10 years from now, people are like, why didn't people talk about this more? And it's like, well, there's not a lot to it. There's nothing a lot. There's nothing to really get super excited about. It's just very like, oh, this is like, okay, solid little drama, period piece thing. But I don't know. It's not going to uh, change the world. It's not going to blow off anyone's dick. But it's okay. What about a ball? Mm, It might chop a ball. Mm, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not impressive, but that's fine. Yeah. What other kind of... Oh, I watched another killer movie. I watched The Clove Hitch Killer. Do you think that it uh, induced anal leaking? Like Lay's potato chip? Yeah. Mm. It seems like years ago that we were talking about that, but it's a true thing. <laughs> yeah, ages so ago. What, I only just heard about this movie like two weeks ago, but everyone talking about it made it made me think it's like what am i dumb for not hearing about this i was like oh you know that clove hitch killer everyone's oh, been talking about it wow. and i was just, like just in the, in the last three weeks it kind of started creeping up it's got i've a, never heard of this it's got a kind of eye-catching movie poster on letterboxd sure balaclava man in a living room uh when i read the description i went oh yep that's right up my alley that's uh checking some boxes mm-hmm. this is so this is probably going to be the best version of a btk killer movie that we're going to get Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I say when I'm? I say understand. That? Okay, Do you understand? Yeah, I th- no, I don't. But um, anyway, so we've got. I think there was like two BTK killer movies that came out like way back when, and they were both mm. pieces of shit. Um, and then this is kind of like attempt at making a better version of that with the serial numbers filed off. But mm. anyway, it's about a kid who suspects his dad, played by uh, McDermott. Dylan Dil- McDermott? D- one that Dylan. son of a bitch. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he calls people Bud a lot in this movie. Hey, Bud. Hey, Bud. It's like one of those things I hate when people call each other Bud. It's just, Ooh, uh, buddy. oh, buddy. Yeah, Bud. Hey, Bud. Hey, Bud. Uh, and it plays out the way you'd expect it to. Um, it's like, it's good. I, I liked it. Um, <laughs> again, it's not going to be making my best of the year list or anything like that, but. It's good. I liked it well enough. Um, mm-hmm. well, I'm trying to think who I'd recommend it to. I guess, like, people who are, like, into serial killer stuff, I mean, it's not going to insult your intelligence. Uh, Don McDermott's got some good moments in this thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice little well-told movie. Nothing, nothing, Sounds nothing too, okay. no, nothing too crazy. Uh, hey, when mm-hmm. this when it comes up on Netflix, worth a watch. Put add it to that watch list, my my list, and then wait till it mm. disappears and go. Oh, I didn't get to watch it yet. Next next time you get a new house and a new TV and couch, then I'll come watch it there. Oh, okay. That that's gonna happen soon, right? Yes. F- cool. Final, fi- final movie of the night. It's also a Christmas movie. 
Really? I watched Carol. Oh, that's on Netflix, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I believe so. It might have been. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I watched this movie. Oh, and, uh, that's uh, from our buddy, right? What, what buddy? Todd, Todd Haynes? Mm-hmm. He's, I, he's, uh, he's not one of my buddies. In fact, oh, I thought he was. I, I don't like Todd Haynes movies. Oh, okay. What did you think of Carol, though? Until Carol. <gasps> Go uh, on. I like this Carol. I like this Carol, RJ. Uh, this movie is uh, quite – so I had, I had no real interest in watching this movie when it came out. It, it was mm-hmm. like all the cr- critical buzz and craze and stuff like that. I've seen it's called like the greatest LGBTQ movie ever oh, made. <laughs> and But now it's like, I don't know if people even talk about it because since then we've had Moonlight and Call Me By Your Name and stuff like that. So it's like, mm. it seems like Carol's like kind of already been dust binned out. Um, and like, it always just seems like people, I don't know, on Letterboxd, people's reviews about like how they, like it's women who post, oh, I want to have gay sex with Rona Mari forever and then like I saw that on Lizzie too so, about, so would I Kristen, but like, Kristen Stewart yeah it's like oh, like oh, I don't know it's like I, I, I find it's like it yeah weird. me too we all feel like yeah. that shut up yeah but it's like I, but it's, so, it's so Instagram to be like oh to be, I'm, I'm going to be gay on Instagram I'm going to post about, about Kate it about Blanchett though she's the real uh, oh, bang and hottie fuck, in this fuck, movie but, oh buddy have I ever talked about Kate Blanchett oh man I like Kate Blanchett a lot. Have I ever told you my Rooney Mara story? No. Probably. Well, it's not really my story. It's my friend Miles' story. Do you want to hear it? Shh. Okay. He dated her cousin. And uh, so um, my friend from Colorado, his name is Miles Rooney. And he was dating Rooney Mara's cousin. And uh, one time in passing, he made a joke to that girl that he was like, yeah, you know, if I ever married your cousin, her name would be Rooney Rooney. And uh, the, that co- that cousin told cousin Rooney Mara that joke, and she thought it was really funny. And she sent him a message, and she said, hey, that was a good joke. And he went, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. What's that? That's it. But uh, I think that's an impressive story. That's not too bad. What's your Rooney Mara story? Uh, that I don't really know anything about her. Um, Except that other high than, scene in a ghost story. Yeah, right. It's like, oh yeah, she was in that too, but I don't even remember her being mm-hmm. in that. And then it's watching this, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, I can see why people talk about Audrey Hepburn biopics starring her, because <laughs> like, she basically mm-hmm. just looks like it's, that. It's funny you say that. Wasn't Kate Blanchett Audrey Hepburn in uh, The Aviator, or was she one of the other? Uh, I'll look it up. You talk no. about Carol. Oh well, yeah. So Carol. Uh, I didn't really have any interest in watching this and just thought it would kind of go by the wayside. But then I found out it was based on a Patricia Highsmith novel, which I had no idea. And I liked that Patricia Highsmith. I didn't know she was uh, a lesbian. And then uh, I was like, oh, so this is kind of like her secret gay book that she wrote back in the 50s under a pseudonym because she did not want to be, become like a like lesbian pulp romance novel writer she wanted to be mm-hmm. a crime writer so she wrote it under a thing it got renamed uh something the price of salt back in like like decades later how much is salt uh not very much okay i gotta interrupt and, I'll let, and then i'll let you finish Kate planchette was playing katherine hepburn uh, hepburn uh, in the aviator go. that makes far more sense <laughs> yes okay keep going okay so uh yeah this is a story with uh rooney uh Rooney 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 uh she's nice. a shop girl working at a department store in like 50s <laughs> New York 
and she's kind of like dating a guy just because that's what you do. And then she makes eyes at Kate Blanchett like you would Ooh. As, as a human being. And mm-hmm. uh, you're like, whoa, she's this like real statuesque fetching lass. And she's looking for mm. a Christmas present yeah. for her daughter. And they don't have a doll that she that they have at the store. They're sold out. But instead, they get a train set. And like they're all like kind of like, hmm, I like you. Oh, I like you as well. One thing leads to another, and soon enough, they're hanging out, coming over for Christmas. There's, 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 yeah, hanging out, and then like, but, but, so Carol, that's Kate Blanchett. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's married, but kind of like getting a divorce from what's his name, Herch. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the Herch. Herch, like Arch, but Harge, Herge, Herge. Kyle Chan. Are you talking about Coach? Kyle from Friday Night Lights, the yeah, TV yeah, show. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's got a foot, yeah. he's got a, he's got a footballer neck. It's Kyle Chandler, baby. Yeah, he's a dink in this movie. Oh, um, yeah, bummer. But yeah, no, it's uh, this movie. I think it's really elevated to another level for me because of that Carter Burwell. He uh, supplies the score for this movie. Mm. Uh, it is really good and manipulative. Uh, it's it's kind of like Shades of Philip Glass. Um, hmm. which is like another like win for me. And uh, of course I had to look up Carter Burwell and be like, Hey, has he won an Academy Award yet? Nope. Of course he hasn't. Mm. He's been nominated twice now, and but only recently. And uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But was he nominated for three billboards? Uh, probably. Yeah. He for hail Caesar. Uh, no, it would probably be for three, for three billboards. Yeah. Probably burn after reading. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. he's done all those Cohens. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and as much as that's an upset, Carol really speaks and taps into like one of the things that like just makes me angry about society to this day. I'm just mm. like, oh, these people just want to be happy, but uh, let's let's uh, make people miserable. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. Yep. Um But hey, guess what? Carter Burwell also did Airheads, Wayne's World Two, Conspiracy Theory. And your soon-to-be favorite movie, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. That's pretty cool. Got to start somewhere. It's pretty cool. Sorry, you were talking about the uh, decimation of the gays in modern society. <laughs> well, uh, in, in this particular era. In Historical 50s, society. Yeah, yeah, it's it sucks. It's just the yeah. people using the system to fuck you over. <laughs> Yeah. All hey, in the man. name of Life's normalcy, baby. Yeah. And it's still pretty fucking shitty in some parts of the world, which still sucks. Yeah. And so it's a, a lot of sadness going there. Uh, but yeah, this movie's really good, RJ. You should watch it sometime. Uh, I do plan to watch it sometime. Uh, Andrew and myself, uh, Andrew and I have uh, wanted to watch it. Uh, maybe we will. Christmas. Now. It's a Christmas movie. That's what they say. It's they what... say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. They They do. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, all right then. Did you watch anything else? Nope. Good. Excellent. Hey, RJ, mm. got any news for us? Holy fuck. Did you see that Aladdin picture today? The one I sent you? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. So, it, it, like, Entertainment Weekly or whatever put out uh, um, some on-the-set photos of Aladdin. Uh, I don't want to come off in a certain way, but holy fuck does that look like a big pile of shit. Is that is there something controversial in that statement? <laughs> yes, it is. Because if you attack Disney, you're attacking the big dogs, and everyone will come after you. Mm. But uh, that movie looks like absolute horseshit. Um, I don't like any of it. Not not just 
Will Smith because Will Smith looks ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't like any of the rest of it either. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I think maybe Aladdin shouldn't be a live action movie. Like, it just doesn't look right. But I, I, I should like a caveat to that is uh, I love Aladdin. That is maybe my favorite disney movie like the car- original cartoon mm-hmm. so uh i'm pretty biased to it but uh seeing like anything i remember when they put that teaser out a while ago and i was like eh. i was like i don't like the look of this it doesn't look right like their clothes and the sets and stuff it's i don't know it feels off to me but whatever uh that movie <laughs> looks like ho- total horse shit yeah that's like and that's like putting their like best foot forward like hey we're gonna put this on the cover of entertainment weekly people should be excited right right no yeah it looks like garbage pain nothing but pain pain <laughs> yeah pain. yeah do you got any news well rj criterion announced their march releases all right they do that hey they do that uh the big dog that's actually really cool is uh this noir movie called detour directed by mm. Edgar G. Ulmer. It's coming out. And this is really big news because this is a movie that has lingered in like public domain shitty copies forever. I've never mm. seen a good copy of this in my life. Uh, it's not even like a blow away movie by any means, but it's kind of regarded as like uh, kind of a film noir staple. And it's really yeah. awesome. It's like a perfect candidate for Criterion movies. So I'm like, really, it's like when I saw it, it's got a really cool, bright yellow cover. It looks neat. And I'm like, oh, finally. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we got this movie called Wanda, directed by Barbara Loden. We all know her, right? Um, oh. Oh, who, Barb? Yeah. Shit, yeah, I know Barb. Yeah. Uh, Japon. Excuse uh, me? Japon, uh, directed by Carlos mm. Regadas. That could be very good. I don't know. I don't know what that means, uh, any of that, but okay. The kid brother the kid's brother it's a harold lloyd silent picture you know rj loves those always watching. harold lloyd i yeah. i know him from futurama fame yeah uh i want to hold your hand directed by robert zemeckis Ooh, it's, it's, a, it's about it's about beatlemania rj oh we're all beatlemaniacs over here not as fun remember help uh and rj uh, my favorite movie we've ever talked about on this podcast, The Magic Flute, is getting re-released on <laughs> Blu-ray. You got to look up the cover for this though; it's okay. gorgeous. It's like, oh, it, it is, is it though, dude? Look it up. It's a beautiful cover, and this movie sucks. <laughs> and it's like, oh well, that's too bad. But oh well. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look that nice. That's a fucking awesome co- illustration. This thing with the Smurfs on it. That's the movie. Remember the costume? The magic flute. It's like a tunnel, and there's like a dude playing a little flute. No, it's like the portrait of the two people looking at one another. It's like a child children's illustration. I can't find this fucking oh, thing. You, you and your Google. Learn how to do things properly. I am on the Google, and I am using the Google correctly. Go to do cri- I have to look? I guess you got to go to Criterion itself. 
Hey, you, I, I actually, so I put in the Magic Flute Criterion, and uh, one of the top images is too, maybe it's too uh, new. the Creeps Review, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in uh, image search, uh, that's our, our YouTube uh, thumbnail. That's pretty nice. Oh, that's good. That's What fun. a fun surprise people will have uh, when, when they uh, go, click on hey, that. <laughs> I should find out this movie's any good. Oh, there's a review for it. And where I go, I fast-forwarded through this movie. <laughs> through the entirety of the film. I, I hate it so much. She's got some nice visuals, but good. man. And, but the oh man, the Blu-ray cover of this looks great. I can't wait till the Blu-ray comes out and then people attack you. Yeah, finally. No man, they're gonna find us. They're gonna go, ooh, stinko. Uh, I hey, I, I caught up on some trailers, RJ. Oh, anything good? Well, no. Um, well, yes, maybe. Okay, so I watched Hellboy. The trailer for that it just came out That's today. Fresh. Uh, yeah. hey, it's like Suicide Squad. Again. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, oh, that's a bummer. It's pretty shitty looking, man. I don't know. Uh, this, well, is com- I, this is coming from me. I love Hellboy. That's right. But uh, What's your opinion on the uh, Guillermo del Toro? They sucked. They, sh- okay. they sucked. And uh, this looks yep. like the exact same shit, but it doesn't even have Ron Perlman, who's like charming as all hell. Are you saying that the guy with the sunken in eyes in uh, all the pictures isn't charming? Uh, is that like a character feature he, in the comic He feels books? like a, oh, he just like, I don't know. When I was like watching him t- deliver his lines, he felt like a WWE wrestler. Uh, I'm, I'm the Hellboy. He's got one lines. Is it like, you know, demons have demons too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's major yeah. bummer. Yeah. Uh, I also watched the Glass final trailer oh. <laughs> i haven't watched a you single one I, have, I haven't seen a single glass trailer oh my what did you think of the scene when it cuts to the neon lights that says heroes and then the one that says villains in the comic book store did that like uh, blow your mind i must have missed that because i don't remember oh, seeing maybe, that. i don't think that's in this trailer maybe that's a different one holy yeah. shit though doesn't glass look like fucking a hot piece of dump <laughs> yeah it looks terrible um and then rj <laughs> Uh, I watched the new Godzilla 2 trailer. Ooh, that's a movie I am actually excited to Ooh, see. Boy, those visuals are something, aren't they? You know what's crazy, though? This Mike Mike Daughtry, or whatever his name is, um, I was like, I thought Trick or Treat was fine. And uh, I think last year I watched Krampus, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It wasn't like, I was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. But uh, I don't know. Maybe this guy's uh, worth his salt. Well, man. with this Godzilla, we'll see, we'll see. It, but it, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's all like, going to come crashing down when yeah. Adam Wingard directs the next one, and that's a huge fucking pile of shit. Yeah, that that movie's going to suck. Adam Wingard sucks. Yeah, you well, know it. This trailer is, I don't know those visuals. It's all about those. And it's like, well, if they get if they tie it all together and do some sweet action pieces, I'm down. But uh, I don't know. Again, uh, my optimism think- is like guarded because you know we, I think all know, it looks we, cool, all, we all know what happens with movies yeah i think it looks cool baby but that's it for my uh news i guess sure wasn't there another trailer that came out this week uh probably Something hey that... spider-man what? into the spider-verse <laughs> um, what about it <laughs> it's supposed to be good rj it's like it's is a, it though uh, i don't know I, I saw the post credit sequence Oh, what was that like? Was that anything like? It's does a, that matter? It's like I guess a funny joke. It doesn't lead into oh. anything else. It's just a funny joke, and you go, "Oh, that's some deep cutting right there. That's some oh. deep internet memeing." 
Oh, I see. Yeah. But so that's neat. The only other trailer that came out was that uh, Avengers trailer, but uh, nobody gives a shit about nope. that. Uh, I certainly don't. You still haven't seen the other one that nobody gives a shit about. That's right. It's not on Netflix yet. <laughs> Who gives a shit? See, now I have to... Should I watch Thor Ragnarok because it's got Clay, my Kate in it? Yeah, I would watch Thor Ragnarok. I don't... I think, like, I would... I thought it was... I thought it was good. Um, people, like, loved that fucking thing. Um... I think you would probably like it because it is kind of like a old comic booky, mm. and you're an old comic book. That's true. I am. So uh, I think actually I think that if any of those movies were to work for you, mm. it would probably be that one. Okay. So take that as it well, is. We'll but, see. Uh, I got two weeks here. Oh. Oh, you mean now? Mm. You should watch Venom this week. Venom, num, num. Those Venom, Venom, num, num, Got num. that momentum. <laughs> num, num, num. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good times. Hey. Well, let's, let's, let's go on with the show. Oh, we're still doing a show, hey? Yeah, after the break. Uh, I don't know. We're going to wait for our boyfriends to get back from the war. But we might be waiting a long time. Don't ruin the movie for them. And under the boughs unbowed I'll clothe in a snowy shroud She had no heart so hardened All under the boughs unbowed
Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we are talking about The Cranes Are Flying from 1957, directed by Mikhail Kalatozov. Uh, the tagline for the film? The compelling story of a girl's impassioned search for happiness. And the synopsis for the film. Veronica and Boris come together in Moscow shortly before World War II. Walking along the river, they watch cranes fly overhead and promise to rendezvous before Boris leaves to fight. Boris misses the meeting and is off to the front lines while Veronica waits patiently, sending letters faithfully. After her house is bombed, Veronica moves in with Boris's family into the company of a cousin with his own intentions. This is the letterbox description? Yeah. This is not very good. It's not very accurate. Sending letters? What are they talking about? Like, There's a lot of waiting. There's There's a lot of waiting. Yeah the fuck is going on here is that it is there more to this that, that's it it's pretty bogus pretty bogus so this is a movie uh, i had never seen before uh wasn't really ever too familiar with it um mm-hmm. hey rj if you looked at the dvd cover for this movie uh i've seen the letterbox cover is that the same as the dvd cover uh it is different i do believe well i'll check out this dvd cover but why don't cool. you describe it for me well I describe it as a classic Criterion style cover of its era, the kind of like squares, geometric forms, blocks of color in it, uh, close-ups of the characters in uh, accurate mm. black and white, uh, very of its era. Um, but what does this tell us about the movie? Not much. It's about a female character. She looks longingly, beautifully out into the distance. There's some mm-hmm. sort of a uh, crumb bum looking man in red, desperate and wet looking. And there are literally cranes flying. <laughs> Does uh, Russia have cranes? Uh, this film says yes. That's interesting. I've never seen one in real life. Have you? A crane? Yeah. Mm, I feel like I must have. Perhaps at a zoo? <laughs> I typed in where, and uh, my Google automatically corrected to where do cranes live. So uh, they're on the ball here. Uh, They are absent from Antarctica and mysteriously South America. What does that mean? They're absent from those places? So does that mean they're everywhere else in the world? I guess. East Asia is the center of crane diversity (laughs) with eight species, followed by Africa with five species. Okay. So I guess Asia and Africa, they are quite prevalent. Mm-hmm. All right, um, well, yeah. more you know. So the title of this song, uh, this title of this song, the title of this movie uh, derives from this kind of like song, kind of like, kind a, like a nursery rhyme. Nursery rhyme thing going on between the two characters. Yeah. Yeah, between uh, Veronica and say. Boris and their, their whimsical adventures in Moscow. Skipping around, getting sprayed by cleaning trucks. It's all fun and games, all shot in these weird, uh, this like high angle, like almost like a not fisheye lens, but like it's super like uh, foreground uh, gimmick going on throughout the whole movie with the camera work. Anyway, mm-hmm. so mo- RJ, this is uh, this movie's about war and how war is bad and how it ruins lives and it's no well, good what for is anybody. Good for? Exactly, RJ. What is war good for? Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie, of course, begins with uh, some whimsy. 
Mm. Um, it's just like it's a real like oh these two are in love and you know it's not going to last long. They're going to be torn <gasps> apart by war. All our human lives are just going to or nothing in the grand scheme of things. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Even though it's really the only thing that should matter is our own existence and not the goings-ons between states uh, that are fighting for reasons that are just unknown to most of us. And uh, this is a presentation of that. Um, mm-hmm. So this movie came out in 1957. Uh, it came out four years after uh, Stalin died. And this movie definitely presents a tale that would have gone against the spirit and myth, myth making of one Joseph Stalin and how uh, World War II mm. was run under his watch, which was that your life does mean nothing and you should give it willingly to the state and to the cause of communism because that's the, the, the paramount thing rather than sort of this not tale. A, What's that? I was going to say, it's not a bad message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Yeah nationalism nothing's ever come badly of that ever never what what is this tale what's this you were deal? going oh you said this tale this movie this movie mm-hmm. comes out from that like it comes out years after uh stalin's died this is like so, sure uh where like movies have really died down quite a bit uh you could go back and listen to our eisenstein episodes covering mm-hmm. that uh that nevsky and mm-hmm. uh find out more about uh or i guess ivan the terrible that's what i'm thinking of uh where it's like yeah he was making these movies that were like oh hey power corrupts and then you don't get to make movies anymore so this is a Mm. movie that like one could say that like the message is kind of like it's played now like because movies like this we we get to live in a society where like you can tell this message everyone can agree war sucks but people still we still go into war so it's always a wonder of like how effective uh these types of movies can be Mm-hmm. So while you're making these types of movies, why don't make them look gorgeous and absolutely beautiful like this movie does uh, quite a bit? Um, yeah, so I had never seen this movie before. So watching this, uh, I had a friend of mine, they watched this recently and they said it was really good. So I kind of mm-hmm. walked into it. And I can definitely see them, uh, why they like this movie. Uh, they're definitely usually drawn to movies with like a central female character. You spend a lot of time with her. They're sort of like, kind of like a, Godardian quality to the the whimsy of uh, Boris and Veronica running around downtown Moscow, running upstairs, and uh, there's she seems like a fun gal, light and like wants to have fun, full of life, mm-hmm. and uh, she's like, why the hell would you want to go to war? Fair question. Why would you willingly sign up? But mm-hmm. uh, it's not a question for me. I I'd, I'd be one of those draft dodging bone spur mm-hmm. types. I'm sure. Uh, Ooh, bone spurs, <laughs> eh? Yeah, that's right. Um, nice. but yeah, so this movie kicks off. It's got like, yeah, with a whimsy, these two are jumping into their beds <laughs> face down, uh, mm. which is like, oh, they're like, they're just in love. <laughs> they're so cute. And then there's some head button of asses. Um, excuse me. Oh yeah. When, when he's, uh, putting up those curtains in the they're, right. they're talking and she just runs over there and just charges her forehead right into his butt around here. They call that the Jarrett. Whoa, uh, news to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what can you say about So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he goes off to war. And you get this, like, absolutely stunning uh, pan shot amongst all these people, all kind of, like, saying their goodbyes as people are about to march off to war. And you get this, like, mm-hmm. just, like the sea of humanity with all these faces of humanity uh, just passing through people. And you really get this immensity of, like, oh, this isn't just a story about, like, this couple and their story being split up. It's like uh, a much bigger kind of affair. That's like, no, this is like 
that like literally like millions of people's lives are being impacted by this and they're all like um like i don't know there's an easy way for people to get kind of hung up in their own head that like this is their story that they live because i mean Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to relate to reality beyond that because you only get to live inside your own head but uh with movies uh i mean you can start off with that notion with your oh you're you're going to live vicariously through these characters for the next two hours uh and so this movie kind of has these moments where you get this her running through crowds and uh the fact that it's like their story is just like a drop in it and it doesn't Uh like diminish it in any way but and again you get this like these amazing uh shots that are like wow like people don't shoot movies like this at all anymore they don't use extras they don't embrace people and when they do uh it seems like they don't do it in the same dynamic way that this movie often does where like that Mm -hmm. camera is moving at all times um it's like handheld stuff but it looks really smooth it's not jarring because they're using really heavy cameras um, but and while doing this, they're also like setting up these um, like you have these types of shots like in like kind of uh, public areas. But then you have these like sets where like the the chiaroscuro, the cinematography, uh, the, bl- the use of black and white, uh, mm. the angles and stuff like that are just like stunning. Um, go on, go on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one complaint I'd have with this movie, and I don't know if it's just like I was watching the DVD of this, uh, is like I found that the sound mixing was iffy, and uh, I think it's like a product of its time. Uh, I don't know how much you could do with it, uh, but it's mm-hmm. like probably just limitations of the technology of uh, the Soviets in like doing the sound because like they were shooting stuff outside, so they were obviously doing uh, that ADR stuff afterwards. And so it seems like floaty weird voices at times that like, I was like always finding hard to relate to it. And then sometimes the music is like kind of very bombastic and like almost over the top. Uh, and then, but that seems to die down as the movie gets going into the, uh, the dreary side of war and, uh, the misery part. Um, I could get more into more stuff. I really liked about this movie. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Boris goes off to war, and uh, Veronica's back at home waiting for a letter from him that never comes. And uh, mm. but th- th- she's living with Boris's family and uh, old uh, Marky Mark, the rape king, uh, musicians, <laughs> the, the king of the assholes, the, mm-hmm. the the real piece of shit. Uh, he puts the the moves on her, unwanted, and that kind of forces uh because it's olden times, uh, to her to get married to this guy. And her, and Boris's family's like, that's the kind of girl she is, I guess. And uh, what about our Boris here? And uh, things kind of continue on from there. Uh, revelations are had. Uh, proclamations about uh, mm-hmm. trifling bitches by, mm-hmm. uh, the, by the good doctor. Uh, dudes kissing babies' bare asses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what have you never? Nope. Oh, okay, that's no. fine. I've heard they're soft though. Those babies' butts. The whole baby is. Yeah. That's why they're so lucrative in the black market. Ah, because of people who like touching babies, huh? No, just for the skin. I see. The softness of yeah. the skin. I see. I see. You're I see. twisting this into something yeah. unholy, but it was it was wholesome when I said it. Well, RJ, I think this is a, a fine piece of filmmaking right here. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, what did you think of this, uh, cranes flying film? This movie bummed me out. Yeah. Real bad. <laughs> um, I, so I don't have a, a lot of notes on this, but I was watching it. Uh, 
and there are a lot of good things, uh, things that you touched on. This movie is visually dazzling. Mm. Ooh, there's so many nice shots. Uh, lots of big crane shots, not just of the cranes flying, but uh, overhead oh, yeah. shots of people. Uh, you have um, the striking images, a lot of the ones like when it's the people walking through the town square and they have all those like anti-tank thing- spikes or whatever the hell yeah. those things oh, are. I, I love how those appear- military spikes. Yeah, the tank traps or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things like that. I love how like... It, there's like the weird setup where it's like them just running through Moscow and it's like, oh, it's peace times. Everything's great and it's wide open streets and you don't mm-hmm. think anything of it. But then as soon as like war is declared, those things just start appearing and there's more and more of them. I love mm-hmm. that touch. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of very nice shots with that. Uh, there's also um, the framing and like the use of light for everything that's filmed in this is so pretty. Uh, there's so many nice, like you said, the black and white shots. And uh, the way the framing is, it all kind of, it all looks so much better than what people do now. Um, I, I really liked the use of lighting in, in this where there was either like backlights or, I don't know, front lights. I don't know what that would be called. But um, you either have a character and then the light is coming from behind them or you have the light like right in front of them. And it really, ma- it makes like really striking images. Um, what a, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you're getting. But, yeah, but, yeah. but like but it looks great though. And it it's like people try to do that and then other people's stuff just looks like shit. So Do you think it's because it's in color? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but I do I do think that uh this movie looks really crisp. Uh like not not like sometimes we watch old movies and you're like, it's a little grainy. It's like, but uh what are you gonna do? This movie's like a hundred fucking years old. What are you going to do? This movie's pretty old, and uh, it looks super crisp. Uh, Everything is very clear. Um, It's not grainy or static or anything like that, and I think that's a big part of it as well. And you just watched this off YouTube, right? I did watch this off of YouTube. That's correct. Uh, I had to get creative with this because uh, there was only one YouTube that had the appropriate subtitles, but when I tried to put it on my TV, the format of the screen would cut out some of the subtitles. Mm. Uh, So I had to do some MacGyvering to get this thing to actually work. Um, I won't get into it, but uh, you could say that maybe I am the real hero of uh, World War II. Too bad this isn't the Remembrance Day episode, and uh, people could have really uh, appreciated that. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. This movie looks great. Uh, I really liked it. Um, it's got some fancy shots, too. Like, uh, there's that tracking shot where uh, a girlfriend is just running through the crowds with her flowers, and the camera's just kind of following her around. Uh, I was like, hey, it's pretty neat to see that in this movie. Uh, you have a few, like, fancy scenes like that. Uh, but then, <clears throat> so technically this movie is very pretty. This movie bummed me out. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to the lead. So here. hard. Uh, I was watching it and I was like, all right. Uh, so like dude's going to go away. He's like, he's like clouded by his, uh, patriotism that he's, he's got to go and she just can't understand it. And so it's like the women are like, why do you have to leave? And the men are like, we must, we must protect our country. And and then like even the family is like, well, not you. They're like, yeah. you were the good one. Why would you have to leave? And he's like, because it's the right thing to do. And uh, I feel like in that setup, some of it 
I kind of felt like he was the asshole where uh, she's telling him the story where she's like, yeah, this guy was talking to me today, which is like, that's kind of shitty, too. But like she was just playing around, I think. And then uh, she's like, aren't you jealous? And he goes, I don't have time to be jealous. And uh, he's like, I'm going to the army. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, where's all this coming from? And he's like, I'm joining the war. And it like comes out of nowhere. And then he's kind of like, he's kind of shitty about it, where he's like, I'm going to hide this note in this squirrel. <laughs> She'll find it. She'll find it eventually. And you're like, will she, though? It's like, why not just tell her this stuff mm-hmm. up front? But I guess that's young love, man. He thought he was being romantic or like sly or some shit like that. But uh, I thought that guy kind of came off as an asshole. Uh, and then you just... And then the rest of the movie is just raining shit on uh, this poor woman where uh, you're like, all right, yeah, she's super bummed out. I would be bummed out, too. That sucks. And she's like, she's going, but her parents are like nice. And you're like, oh, what nice, <laughs> loving parents. And then it's just like bombed. Fucking blitzkrieg right out of existence. Yeah, what a right what a, what a reveal, too. Her like running into the mm-hmm. burning building. And there's like that kind of weird, like kind of invisible cut to the black as she like opens up the door and reveals the the, the uh, apartment. And you have yeah. like the, the clock still ticking and everything it's else is just gone. It's all oh, so good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very good. So you get that and you're like, ooh, shit. You're like, that kind of sucks. And then you're also <laughs> you're also seeing like the kind of hit that gets in, like imposed on other people. Like the other family is like doctors and you have the daughter or like the girl in that family who is like going to do lots of like crazy shit. And even even the main girl, like she was going to be an architect or an engineer or something. And then once the war hits, they're like, have you thought of your career? And it's like, I'm going to go work in the war factory, I guess. And you're like, oh, bummer. Uh, but yeah, her parents get blown up. And then she has to like live with the boyfriend's family. And you're just like, okay, yeah, things aren't bad here. And then that place gets bombed. And you're like, ooh, is someone else going to die? And then you see the craziest or like the most crazed sex eyes, those rape eyes from that dude when the light hits him just right. And he's like, uh-oh. Or you are like, uh-oh. He's like, uh-huh. And you're just like, oh, no, is this girl going to get raped now? And she does. And you're like, oh, man. And then you see, like, the shitty dude in the war, and he's like, I'm going to be the hero. And then it's like, no, you're dead. And you get, like, the montage of, like, Falling. The, the, the yeah, the life that he was kind of hoping to have. And it's, like, absolutely stunning. It, that is like yeah. I, I think one of the best montages I think in the Criterion Collection up to this point. Like I was just like completely like blown away by how like mm-hmm. beautifully done that thing is. Like the it works so well. Like other people have tried doing stuff like that, and it, it always feels clunky. And like this was just like wow. <laughs> like the use of sound, mm-hmm. like just drowning out everything else. Like the the way the movie like I was mentioning before, like the that weird like lens that they're using for a lot of it where everything's kind of like just wrapped around, like it's almost like a sphere. Like it's almost like a fisheye, but everything's in Mm -hmm. the foreground and like everything's just moving and spiraling in on itself. And like you have have the wedding and you have this like whole future ahead of them. And it's like, none of that's happening because you just got shot in the middle of this, like whatever German Russian forest swamp that like that you see in the movie come and see as well. That's like Mm -hmm. gotta be like one of the most depressing places on earth. It's in like Ivan's childhood as well. Like, and it's Mm -hmm. always like, it's just like, I don't know. It's a part of the world that like, I want to visit just to see if it's 
exactly the way it's shown because mm-hmm. it must be but like my god <laughs> yeah exactly so you like cut to him and you're like see this is what you get for standing up for something you believe in just cower in fear like the rest of us yeah uh so you get that and then it cuts back to uh this poor woman uh getting shamed into marrying this guy and then you you just see the frustration with everyone else in the family and you're like oh shit like, where's this movie going now? <laughs> and then the rest of the movie happens where it's just like, oh, yeah. So she has to marry him. And then now she's got a really shitty life. And she's kind and... of still banking that Boris is coming back. Yeah, she's always hopeful. She's always yeah. there's a glimmer of hope with her. Yeah. Uh, but then every every other turn, it's just like, oh, yeah, you suck. Uh, yeah. And you should feel or it's like you're a bad person and you should feel bad. Working at the hospital getting yelled at by like irate soldiers who are like blinded and depressed and maimed and they're getting dumped by their girlfriends. Uh, and then you get that amazing speech from uh, mm-hmm. Theodore, the man. <laughs> when he's just like, who gives a shit? He's like, if, if she was some kind of hoe that would like leave a man of honor, mm-hmm. fuck her. Yeah. Uh, that's a quote. That's verbatim what he says yeah. in this thing. So uh, he, he's kind of really laying into it. We're like fully aware that she's like right beside him. And then you're like, oh, man, you feel so bad for well, her. Time to die. <laughs> time to die. Yeah, she goes to the bridge. She's like, I'm just going to jump off of this thing. Right in front of the train. And, or, yeah, like I, I thought she did jump in front of the train for a second because, like, the camera kind of dizzies you a yeah. little bit. Uh, and I was like, good. <laughs> I was like, good. Maybe she should have died because her life sucked. So I would have. It's like I don't blame her. And then you, you meet this poor boy. And then named, more shit named happens. Named Boris. Or named Boris. Uh, and then, like, her trying to help this kid just leads to more shit. Uh, and then it's just, like, it just really bums you out. This whole movie is, like, an endurance race of shitty things happening to this girl that you kind of, like, you kind of want to root for, even though her before boyfriend was kind of shitty, too. But she's very nice and spunky. She's mm-hmm. tough and spunky, Jarrett. Yep. Just and, like and, we like them. And how she finds out that uh, Boris is dead the first time. Very offhand. <laughs> like, oh, now I have to go find uh, his, her boy, or her girlfriend. It's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. me. It's like, oh. It's like, you're... oh, that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. And then you get the parade at the end. You're mm-hmm. like, the, the water is over. And, it, and for her, it's like, but it, the war will never be over. For her. But then you get this final kind of moment that kind of turns it all around. I guess, kind of. Yeah. But uh, it, I think this movie is just a major bummer. And uh, I like, I think technically and uh, film craft, uh, I really like the way that they shot a lot of the stuff. And it's a very well put together movie. But uh, it really bummed me out to the point where I was like, I don't really want to watch this again. It's a good movie. Like, not that it's bad. It's a good show. But I was like, I don't want to I don't want to feel bummed out again for another like hour and a half. And um, I think there was a quote in this that like summed up stuff very nicely where it's the dad. And he says, uh, life in this world is not yet what uh, we would like it to be. And then everyone gets sad. And it's like, yeah. And it, it's, it just never will. What a sad, depressing world well, this place is. There's like, yeah. And there's like the depressing thing because uh, what's Steppen, 
uh, Boris's boy that's who, oh, yeah. who brings who's like, oh yeah, you know he's dead, right? And uh, they're they're passing out the reason. He has this like big rousing speech. It's like the reason this like it's like kind of the nice thing where it's like, yeah, we won this war, but we shouldn't forget the people who died in fighting this war, and this is much about them, and that we fight this war so that there will be no more wars. And I go, oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were kind of we were kind of there for some of us, and then uh, I don't know anymore. But uh, yeah, it's still horrible in many many places in this world. So, well, yeah. when your solution comes in, the final solution, mm. uh, it'll maybe put an end to all of this nonsense. Yeah, that's right. The one you've talked about at length on forums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's a very good show. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. It's uh, it's very pretty, but uh, yeah, this movie really bummed me out, Jarrett. What a downer! That's okay. I'm, which I'm, which is fine. Like I I have nothing against like downer movies, but I was watching it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I watched Mel Gibson afterwards. I was like, I really need someone to cheer me up. Yeah, I want someone to be more suicidal than me right now. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know what? <laughs> he did the trick. <laughs> Going to kill himself in a trailer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's very good. It's very pretty. It's, uh, man, war is tough. War, war is <laughs> it's bad. A, it's a tough break. Man, war, 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 is, war is a tough place for you. Don't, don't be in war there, baby. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's true. You shouldn't be in war there, baby. Uh, bummer. And uh, it's very sad. But uh, good stuff. Nice Russian cinema. So what kind of person, RJ... Hates this movie. Communists. Well, I think they'd like this movie, but you know what? So this movie actually has no like one star reviews with like words to them. How many people have seen this movie? Is my ah, second question. Quite a few, but uh, we got some two and a half stars. That's where it starts at the lowest. Florian Weigel. Sela. Oh. <laughs> it's not a real name, is it? Yeah, sure it is. Okay. Uh, second, uh, Kalatazov, uh, and once again, the cinematography and handheld shots are astonishing, though Mm. Uroveski's camera wasn't as unmoored as it would be in (laughs) I Am Cuba. (laughs) Come on. What are you talking about? Uh, unmoored. The subversive aspects of the film are of historic importance, but often play way too didactic. The melodrama was sometimes great. That death scene was one of the best I've seen in a long time. But the film relegated uh, Tatiana Somolova more and more to playing the same note, which she nonetheless played beautifully. Add to this Mm -hmm. the rape scene and shaming her into the marriage, and it leaves enough of a bitter aftertaste to drag this one down a bit. If mm. I Am Cuba was a C plus, this is closer to a B minus. Uh, yes, I Am Cuba is a future Criterion creep from the same director. It's fine, but I mean, no one's talking about that. Well, uh, this made is. up this made up person named Florian Wagel. Uh, their favorite movies are The Misfits from the '60s, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Yep, don't know what that is. Possession, really? one of your favorite movies. Mm. And a very, very future creep in the mood for love. Whoa. This person's kind of... It's a pretty good spread of movies. It's pretty good. This person's got not bad taste, but uh, they just gave First Reformed five stars, which I feel like you would have take uh, qualms with. I feel like I'm the outsider on that one. You might uh, be. I don't know. But I don't know. uh, They don't have a lot of five stars, and most of them look okay, but uh, Begotten five stars, which I, I don't know. 
Uh, Raw, also five stars, mm. which uh, I, I disagree with. Mm. But um, whatever. Okay. Matthew Cheney, son of Dick. I don't know. <laughs> Two and a half stars. Some magnificent cinematography in a film that is otherwise a fairly straightforward melodrama about the Russian home front during World War II. Thanks, Matt. Is that it? That's it. Hey, you might like Matt. They just gave First Reformed one star. Ooh. They also just gave Hereditary half a star. That's Whoa. a little. That's yeah. a little low. Yeah, I Ooh, I, we lost them. Five stars, Pacific Rim. The the like Gelmer Gelmer yeah. one. Yeah, Ooh. five stars, Miami Vice from Michael Mann. No doubt. I see some people uh, like that movie. Favorite films include. <laughs> Uh, Sancho the Bailiff, uh, Fox Sancho. and His Friends, Domino, what? Oh, That's no one's no. and uh, Creep Favorite, The 400 Blows. Yeah. This Domino. God yeah, damn. what is that about? They're, this person's five-star movies are all over the fucking place, like Mr. Turner, 12 Years a Slave, Melancholia, Lady Eve, Vertigo, all, like... Psycho... I wonder if they're even, yeah, those, those movies are all uh, from like a few years ago, too. Those Rio movies. Bravo. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Elevita, two and a half stars. Why does no one ever mention it contains friend zone jerk rapes main heroine to force her to marry him and everyone blames her now for not being faithful to her lover who went to war trope? I was so unprepared and disgusted when they went there. Honestly, fuck this movie. Um, the classic. Is that it? That's it. I don't like this person immediately because they review movies that aren't out yet. Uh, they reviewed the live action move on film that is not out for two years. Uh, it's their most popular review with 105 likes. It says, bring back bisexual legend Li Shang, you cowards. Don't know what that means. Uh, since this is the first reformed podcast, uh, they just gave first reformed three and a half stars. Favorite movies include Stoker. Gone Girl, Handmaiden, and Princess Mononoke. Ah. A lot of anime in their favorite films, actually. Yeah. And um, Spy Kids, too. What the fuck? The Mummy, Sleepy Hollow. The fuck is going on here, Jarrett? Uh, it's just a lot of Disney stuff and a lot of anime. <laughs> well... I wanted to know what other movies have the friend zone jerk rapes main heroine to force her to marry him and everyone blames her now for not being faithful to her who went to war trope. I want to see those. What are the other movies that have this trope? Well, their half star reviews, this Elevita, are Love Me If You Dare. I have no idea what that is. 16 Candles, Unsane, and Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, yeah, I could see this person not being a fan of Unsane. Yeah, uh, also one star for Pretty in Pink. Just a real John Hughes hater for some reason. Oh. Uh, one star to Neon Demon. One star to Enemy. One star to We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can see arguments for all those, even though I don't disagree. Sure. I don't know. You, you sound tired. It's, we've been recording forever. <laughs> it's true. You it's ex- very true. You exhaust me, sir. Good. But yeah, Cranes Are Flying, gorgeous movie. Gorgeous. Very true. But maybe soul-crushingly depressing. <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. But she's so whimsical. Why are yeah, you? Yeah, that's why it's so sad, though, because she it kills her spirit, man. It kills our our collective spirit. Yeah, man. Oh. After the break, someone finds that photo of RJ in my pocket and teases me about him. So I so I punch him, and then I get shot in the head. Well, thanks for and standing we, up and, for me. And we never get podcast again. I would keep going without you. I can do I can do the Jarrett. Oh hey RJ, what do you think about this? Oh yeah, good job, Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, RJ. I just watch out for my cousin Mark. Is that what he sounds like? He sounds Oh like... the rapist. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Woo. How many roads must a man walk down? Before you call him a man How many seas must a white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand How many times must the cannonballs fly Before they're forever banned The end So, RJ, in the future war, how are you going to uh, dodge that draft? Rape? Yeah, that actually solved all the problems in this movie. Well, they might. If you get caught, they're just going to probably put you on the front line. And no, I, I will, I will have been raped, and I will um, use it as a uh, medical leave. Huh. We should re-record this. Yeah. <laughs> People Maybe. aren't going to like this. No. No, they're not. Probably not at all. Probably not. Yeah. I regret everything. You should. You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com. Oh, no, he's not re-recording it. And tell us about your regrets. Oh, no. <laughs> We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. And actually, if you just search Barnloaf, I pop up, too. We've got a it's Facebook page. We're on SoundCloud. We've got a Patreon. Stitcher, iTunes. Mm. Google Play. Mm. So much fun. Mm. Next week, mm-hmm. it's Christmas. And it? uh, next up in the Laserdisc collection, Creep, it's a wonderful life. And much mm. like the reason we started this whole Laserdisc side project, where I found out RJ had never seen Citizen Kane, RJ's never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Haven't I? That's all going to change next week. (laughs) Haven't I? (laughs) Will it be a Christmas miracle? Nobody cares. We could have gone to see it in theater tonight, but we had to record a stupid podcast. Yeah, this podcast is bogus, man. Nope. Ruining our life. Yeah, it is. One week at a time. Mostly. So uh, tune in next week. The episode's probably going to drop early, like a Christmas present that you didn't want. What are we talking about here? Podcasts. 
pain. Christ. Who? Mangers. Which one? Good night. Who?